Friday, May the 6th, 2022. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. There have been a lot of them uh, over the last couple days because it's Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks Week. So we had our big Kentucky Oaks preview show where we went through races 1 through 11 at Churchill Downs on Friday for with a bunch of different guests. We also had a Kentucky Derby preview show. There were two parts to that one, so much we couldn't even get it all fit into one episode. If you're looking for help with the Kentucky Oaks or the Kentucky Derby, you can find those episodes right there in your feed. You can uh, find them on iTunes, YouTube, uh, SoundCloud, uh, anywhere you get your podcasts, Google Pods, all over the place. We've got a lot more business to attend to this weekend, though. We've got the NBA playoffs still rolling on, so Eric joined us to talk NBA playoffs here. We hit on all four of the series, check in. All of the series are through two games so far, two of them tied 1-1. The other two, two games to nothing with the home teams winning the, the first two there. We go into uh, horse racing for the weekend, not Churchill Downs, but other places, Friday and Saturday, Santa Anita, and then Louisiana Downs opens up on Saturday. I'll be helping out on the broadcast. You'll see me on Saturday at Louisiana Downs, uh, on the Louisiana Downs broadcast. I won't be there live. I'll be uh, at home helping out, but I will be helping out on the broadcast there. So we'll have Saturday Louisiana Downs, and then we get into wrestling with Chad Cooper, our SmackDown Raw NXT and AEW weekly recaps, everything going on on the TV shows, news, major storylines, and we preview the pay-per-view coming up this weekend on Sunday, WrestleMania Backlash. This is, episode is presented by BetterThan.Vegas at BTV Bets. Give them a follow on Twitter and flip those notifications on. We have so much free content, a live stream schedule, giving you all sorts of analysis, insight, Comedy, chops, pop culture references, everything you need. Anything going on in the world of baseball, football, basketball. We have our previews every day. There's a, a game. Those baseball quick hitter shows Monday through Friday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Pitches and pints every Saturday morning, 8 o'clock a.m. Eastern time, 5 a.m. Pacific time. Talking everything in the world of football, soccer. We've got NASCAR, UFC shows coming soon we've got our monday and thursday mohawk mania harness racing shows that go at 6 30 p.m eastern time getting you all set up for woodbine mohawk the early pick five from uh, the standard bread action there that's better than dot vegas at btv bets on twitter first up nba talk with eric we're going to get into the four nba playoff series so far two in the west two in the east the conference semi-finals we'll see who which teams can make it into the conference finals. Pivotal game threes coming up on Friday and Saturday in all four of these series. Who has the advantage? Which way are we leaning? Which games are we looking to play and attack? Eric joins me to talk NBA playoffs. NBA! Who's hot? Who's not? Who's hot? Who's hot? It ended up being a perfect time to record this segment. We are on Thursday night, May the 5th. And there are no NBA games today. There's a day off for all, both the all of the series. I, I say both because there are two sets of games that are basically being played now on uh, on each day. We have four series going on, Eric. The the first two that we're going to talk about teams, home teams won both of their games. So now we'll have the uh, the underdogs go back home and they'll try to do what they can and try to win two there and hold serve. And then on the other side, we've got two series that are tied up one game apiece. And we've got Milwaukee and Golden State heading home. They're uh, tied 1-1. So let's start with the Friday games. I mean, this is it for Philly, right? I mean, it's 
and it's 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 difficult because this Philly team really struggled throughout the year when Embiid was off the court. We knew their on-off numbers without Embiid were going to be tough, even just the minutes without Embiid. And Harden, he doesn't have it right now to be the number one guy. He's actually fine as your like point guard sort of facilitator when Embiid's there. But he just can't carry the load anymore. He can't even get his shot off like he used to. He just can't score physically. He may never be able to anymore. He's played a lot of minutes and he's getting a little bit older, but he just doesn't seem like he can carry the load right now. We I mean, shot quality in both of these games. Thought Philly got great shots. Thought they should have scored a lot more. It's not as like it's not as if Miami is some incredible juggernaut. They've been a little banged up too. But it's just really hard to get a gauge on this series without Embiid. Yeah, it's tough. And I mean, it's kind of, I don't, I was trying to think about this this morning. I don't recall a player falling as quickly as Harden did. I took a look. Um, can you name the last time he made 10 field goals? No, no, definitely not off the top of my head. January, like January 25th when he played for the Nets. Yeah. In a game, in a game that Durant and Hart and uh, what's his face? Kyrie were in. Um, I mean, look. I it's it's it just shows you if these athletes don't take care of their bodies, what happens. And that's what we're seeing with Harden. Well, because you can Um, take care of your body and it can still happen if you're in the greatest shape of all one injury, one small thing that like helps like prevent it. Like absolutely. But but, but, the proper stretching. uh, That's my point is you can do all, all of the greatest things in the world and still with the blink of an eye. A bad step, something can can change for you. Uh, injury, you know, especially if your body isn't, you know, if you're not in shape. And if you're a guy like Harden, then it can really go quickly. I don't know if it's an injury thing. I don't know if he can get back to where. I don't think he'll get back to where he was with for Houston because as much as we dog on him and we say it's it when and and I understand when you critique him, it's it's because of the work ethic. In comparison to his skill level And what the guy could do on the court If the guy just cared a little bit more And wanted to be a little bit better He probably would have had a ring Or he would be someone who We would at least Some of the things he said and done We'd feel a little bit better about him He's one of those guys that you I don't want to say a waste Because he has done a hell of a lot He's accomplished a a lot So we can't take away from him The things that he's done And how he how incredible of an offensive player he is But he, he's just one of those guys that you You sort of think of like Man if you had his skill set In the work ethic of some Of a different player or a different person You know what he could have been Yeah you know, That's always what it'll be um, In terms of the basketball Matchup he just switch everything And the uh, Sixers really don't have that guy down low That can You know what I mean they just don't have that Offensive matchup advantage Where they can take advantage of it At the end of the day And that that's it What the Heat do on defense The 76ers don't have that one guy That can take advantage of it That's why they're real, really Really missing Embiid um, If they were to win a game It would be game three Just because you're getting that home bust uh, That home bump with the crowd um, But it's just crazy though Like Like you said with the shot quality Miami is overperforming. You know what I mean? So it's not like Miami hasn't playing that great. It's not as dominant as it um, might look, you know? Yeah. And while all these teams were... But, I mean, Miami's kind of wreaking the benefits of being the one seed. They played a banged-up box team with no Capella. 
showed them they weren't ready for the big boys table yet. And now they're playing the 76ers with a banged up and beat. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're just taking advantage of what's, you know, been put what's in, in front, front of them. them. Um, Ky- like Lowry really isn't Lowry. He's not even getting on the court. Um, they're saying, they're up. saying Embiid is listed as out hope that his status could possibly change before tip off because, but I mean, it opened at one and now it's up to three. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, that's that not, that's not you, movement that, that he's playing. Yeah. That basically tells you, I mean, I'll be on the 76ers tomorrow. No doubt. You know, you have to be on the 76ers mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yep. Absolutely. Um, especially I'll if that, on... with that number moving to three now. Yeah. And you get that bump from the crowd. Uh, Miami team though, you know, like it's just I don't know, like maybe they're just in a good position. Maybe the Celtics and Bucks have a war, then they're able to take advantage of a beat up team. You know, mm-hmm. you just don't sometimes you it, don't know. It's and, about the path that you have yeah. to take, right? And it's kind of showing like and here's the thing, nothing against Philly, but even if Embiid is there, you just look at those teams, Miami, Boston, or Milwaukee. I mean, do you, you really don't think that they're beating them? Um, and that's, and that's the difference Huge choice uh, Harden's 33 I believe If they give Harden that 50 million contract I, I don't I think mean, they can I mean that's yeah, going think... out as like one of the worst things And real quickly Like everyone that was dogging Ben Simmons I mean dude he just had back surgery No one's just going to go in to have back surgery To have back surgery So it obviously shows like something was going on Because there was like people saying crazy stuff about him People dogging him on Twitter it just shows to show like we're always just so quick to rush and judge when we really don't know the whole story with these NBA players. Yeah. And, and it's funny because whatever his mental state is good, bad, physically, whatever it is, it's, it's a trade that's not worked out really great for anyone unless Philly's able to, you know, Embiid's able to come back here and they're able to, you know, win this series and, and continue to make a run. And like you said, you look on paper and it doesn't look like that. The way when it the way they get through is when Embiid is the MVP type player and and one that you just can't guard and you just can't do anything about. That's what that's what happens in series in the playoffs when guys take themselves to the next level. They carry the load and they do that. And unfortunately right now you don't have an Embiid there or he even if he is back is he going to be physically able if he's probably going to have a mask on? Is what kind of comfortability is he going to have? Is he going to be, you know, in what kind of shape after? I mean, after a little while, you know, game shape now after missing a few. So, yeah, that's one thing you wonder because. And Embiid's not like the best conditioned guy. You know what I mean? No, I mean, no. Like, and he, I know, will. Not, we will. Like he's like. Yeah, he's you know not. I mean? Like, it's how, and with how big he is running up and down the floor. No, and he, and it's not even, he, he has done. A pretty good job this year about of staying healthy and making it all the way to here. And it wasn't even like that was weird because that wasn't. It's one of those things like what happened with Anthony Davis this year, right? It's still fair to say okay, they're injury prone because they're not playing, but that wasn't like a leg injury or something from Embiid, right? It wasn't like he he hurt his ankle or his knee or something. That was sort of like a weird freak freakish injury, kind of like with AD, a guy just rolled into him, you know. But but at the very same case, we can say again. It's towards the end of the year and Joel Embiid isn't here And you know that that is something that can be said You're 100% right He's not he, He's had a good year in what he was able to do and carry the load But he's not there right now when you need And if he shows back up and he's not in He's not able to just flip a switch 
and be in 100% ready to go killer status, I mean, they're going to be done. They're going to be down three games to nothing. And they're going to feel like they threw away a good opportunity. Because if they would have come in here, like you said, with a healthy Embiid, and Miami's a little bit banged up, and Lowry's not playing, and you look around and you've got, you know, a size, a major size advantage with Embiid, they're going to have to throw Deadman and some other guys out there at you. And when they do that, then, you know, offensively, they're obviously not as good. So then their margins are a little bit different. Like this was a very winnable matchup for Philly with Embiid, especially just compared to the way everything. Laid out they wouldn't have had to play Milwaukee or Boston so They're gonna look back if they go down 3-0 and just go wow if You know that that weird thing that happened at the end Of the Toronto series a game a series That we won when we actually played well In a pressure game and even After that Embiid got hurt (laughs) It's crazy Sometimes it's just not meant to be you know yeah Sometimes but I mean like I'll be honest This team is it A Mori type team Next year it's gonna look so different it's going to be funny they, they need a few other pieces they do They're yeah. they they here, Here's what I will say I still would have made The trade for James Harden right now because Ben Simmons Isn't there and and while James Harden and we find out If Ben Simmons is hurt and whatever it is Like you got a player Instead of another player and James Harden when Joel Embiid is there Is a pretty good fit And even when he just plays that like point guard Ish guy because all he Really needs to be able to do is be a guy that can handle the ball at the end, possibly get a shot off, hit a three, stretch the floor a little bit. Those are just all things that Ben Simmons doesn't do. Ben Simmons moving forward, if he gets his back fixed, he he's going to be uh, a higher upside, more impactful player than James Harden. He'll still probably have a higher, tra- uh, a more upside in trajectory, but James Harden does a lot more things that Philly needs than what Simmons was going to do for them. And so it end it. Could still end up being okay, but you know, not if they go out three nothing here, and not if you're going to have to pay hard fifty million dollars because then you got to figure things out from there. But I'd still have done the trade. You wouldn't be in any better shape right now if you just had Ben Simmons and and not. Well, I mean, you, yeah, you'd have Curry Simmons and Drummond. Simmons, Simmons probably wouldn't be on. He, he had a back injury. You know, yeah, no, he, he wouldn't be playing. That's what I mean. Court. He wouldn't be so court. I mean, he like, wouldn't be on the you court. Got, you got someone out there that can. At least contribute something so yeah mm-hmm. I mean it's totally you know I totally Agree with what you're saying and everything Yep but gosh can't The 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 difference between what You know you and I can 100% agree on The I would never want Harden to be My guy long term I wouldn't mind Like short term here and there I think there are Times where it, He could be on the court and be your, your Second or maybe co-second like some games right now, Maxi looks really good and he looks like he's fine taking a scoring load and Harden's just kind of facilitating and you sort of forget every now and then Tobias Harris has a game. And if they're all out there with Embiid, you know, and like you said, maybe one or two other pieces now next year, another shooter or two, maybe you get like an upgraded version of Danny Green, you know, someone that's a little bit younger that can do a little bit more. De- like Danny Green and Tybal, those guys are nice sort of templates for guys that you need, but they, if they feel like they can't like you, you either have to go in that direction Or then you go like Niang and Cormans And those guys just get destroyed Defensively They had to play those two the game, together the other night Cormans yeah. and Niang at the same time They were just getting roasted on defense Yeah that roster I mean it's one of those things Like They just don't have the guns for the gunfight Right now And no. you know it, it, no. it is what it is um, This is it is, 
Right now, this this just has four one in all. It over does. It. I think they win this game. I think they get a really good effort in game three, especially if you can get some sort of. Especially if we get the late like announcement that Embiid's going to play. You know, so maybe right now if that's plus three, lock that in now, and then of course if he's going to play, it, it'll move the other direction like it was, and probably they'd be favored by like a point or so. And and you know you get the boost here, but Miami feels better. And if Embiid doesn't play, then they're they're in serious trouble. Maybe they lose this game, and then maybe he does come back for Game Four. They get the boost there. They win that one. Then they go back on the road and lose. So yeah, I don't. You know you got to win this game, and then you can still make it a series. We we see this all the time, Eric. And in some of these series, it feels right now like these teams that are down 0-2. The other one we're going to talk about with Phoenix Dallas. It feels like it's this insurmountable lead. You're on the road, you go home Your role players play a little bit better Your defense plays a little bit better Their offense isn't quite as smooth Everything flips a little bit On the margins and quickly You know, you win game three and it's two to one And now you feel like you're right back in it I mean, look, at the end of the day They need to come up with The non-switch I mean, mm-hmm. all that all that the Suns are doing, but like, and they did in the fourth quarter, is whoever Luke is guarding, pick and roll. <laughs> it was, and dude, it was bad. It was so, bad. That was one of the worst I can remember and, seeing. And I mean, there's nothing really, um, um, nothing really. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, and more in depth than that, because offensively no, no. they're doing good. They're fine. It's just defensively, they Luke is getting exploited. Every and you time. have to stop switching or mm-hmm. you have to pick one of those shooters that Phoenix has and just leave them and like sag and off, leave them open, you yep. know, and like, I'll be honest, it's going to be Crowder or Bridges. It's you roll the dice and then you just go for it. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going on. I mean, there's nothing, there's no fancy about it. Breakdown. No, it's no, just, they're attacking the dude at the park. That's the guy that's. Yeah. Really good on offense, but he can't carry the load both ways. And it's not as if we're, you know, I think it's a combination of things, right? One, okay, Luca, you got, we need to try to, one, you got to make a little bit more of an effort. And two, everybody's got to make more of a concerted team effort, like you said. And three, we have to alter our scheme a little bit because if we know we are going to need Luca to carry such a load on offense, we can't expect this guy to be a defensive stopper. We just got to make sure that he can't be a revolving door or that someone is able to so easily attack him like they did. I mean, that was a cut. It was getting out of hand. It doesn't matter if you score 25 or 30 points and a half if the other team can do the same thing when they go right yeah. at you, right at you every time. Matter. Doesn't matter at all. And it's just, that's, I mean, it's basically it. There's no like, you know what I mean? Like some guys, some. I was listening to the radio when I was driving, when I was running an errand today, and these guys are going on and on. I'm like, look, just don't switch Luca. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, just let's not outthink the room. That's all you have to do. I agree. Offense, offense is fine. Um, and they've and they've had a good defense this year through through a lot of the year when they were healthy with their personnel. I think they're gonna um, not play Powell as much. Unfortunately, he's just been really bad in this series. You, you were kind of hitting on it the other day. I know they like him as sort of a, a lob partner with Luca, and maybe they try to get him a couple of them early on, but he's just been really, really bad when he's been on the court for them. And so they're going to have to scheme things a little bit differently. I've been very impressed with what Jason Kidd has done this year. And I mean, this is the game. They're home. It's basically a pick 'em game now. And it's the same situation, I think, with Philly. Although I feel like Dallas is actually more of a 
like mm-hmm. Dallas is more capable, right? Right now with their team, they actually I feel like they have a legitimate puncher's chance to win two games here at home. And I thought Dallas had a chance to make this a competitive series, but when Phoenix is really playing well and rolling like they have like they were the other night and when they're able to really attack your weaknesses on defense like that, they're pretty well coached. Chris Paul is a very savvy veteran who's been through basically every situation. He knows where to get to his spot, he knows where to attack, and then once you start to double or put a little more focus on him. He loves it because then he'll go a full quarter and a half and not even shoot one time. Mm-hmm. He'll just get eight in lobs. He'll find bridges wide open. He'll let Booker just cook. And he's he's sharp, man. He knows what he's doing. Monty knows what, they, what they're doing. So you got to counter that with good scheme and you got to be smart. They're, you know, they're, I think, okay and kind of content with what they did the other day and like, yeah, we can let Luca get like 35-40 As long as he doesn't have like a 45-point triple-double And getting other guys involved It's like, yeah, but let's make him work Luka's sort of hard Exactly, mean, like, he's always going to get hit That's mm-hmm. the thing Luka's Just make him work for hit. it You need Brunson, you need Dimwitty And even like further down the line Like if you just kind of look at the spreadsheet There wasn't the spread The spreadsheet, Jesus, I'm old um, The box score, there wasn't the spread out scoring like nope finney smith didn't attempt one three you know what i mean like it, they need him to knock down this, some threes they and they need bert you know not bertans but the other tall guy uh, kleba he's Kleba. he's been awesome he just needs to keep shooting he's been i mean but he awesome. was over three but yeah you can't have finney smith only playing 20 minutes with getting two points one rebound one assist no, you need more from him and, and because you're not getting anything from Powell. Trouble. He wasn't even yeah. foul trouble. They need him on the court more. And plus, like, you can put him on Booker and he's your and you can put him down low on eight and he's your most valuable defender. I would actually like to see them go smaller and like force Aiton to get away from the basket and work defensively. That's what I would like to see him do. Like and, play Finney Smith at the five and then just extend everybody. Yeah, this is another one where you know, shot quality had this second game a lot closer. Also, you know they had it in both of these games. They've and had him covering the six and a half, man. Mm-hmm. You know they had him. <laughs> they had him one hundred five ninety nine exactly, and they had him. Yeah. You know, much closer than that twenty point spread, winning the game thirty five percent of the time. So these two series, while they feel like the the home teams that are up two games to O and 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 are now going on the road, sort of feels like they are dominant. You know, Phoenix was expected to score eight fewer on threes. They were expected to score six fewer mid-range, expected to score four fewer on free throws, expected to play 19% worse offensively. Dallas, um, you know, should have been closer in that game. Like you said, they they very easily could have covered that game. And this is something that you harp on, and it's just, it's a fact. Your role players all get a bigger boost when you go home. I think those guys will. You're going to get just a little bit more from Brunson. You're going to get just a little bit more from Finney Smith. And uh, some of those guys are going to give them a boost. I think this is another time where I feel like I've played Philly both games so far. And I'm going to play them again one more time. And I think with Dallas, I've done the same thing. And I'm going to go back to the well here again one more time. Because I think it's a good, it's the spot for them. Again, you can't go down 3-0. They have to have made some adjustments here and uh, they have to have, you know, have some audibles ready to be called on the fly. Yeah, I agree 150% with everything you're saying. 
Okay, let's move to so these games are going to be on Friday. Eric and myself, Kyle, we will do our uh, daily NBA previews. When I say daily, we didn't have one on Thursday. It feels so weird whenever we uh, we don't have one, but there will be games this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we'll have uh, multiple games on each of those days. We'll have previews Friday uh, at six o'clock p.m. Eastern time at BTV Bets, and then on Saturday and Sunday noon Eastern time at BTV Bets. We'll uh, we'll talk about those weekend games. Let's speak about the games that are going to be on Saturday, Eric. Gosh, if, how weird is this schedule? Because they wanted to make sure that. You know, Boston, Milwaukee, and I think Memphis Golden State were games that were on national TV on Saturday. So they ended up playing on Wednesday, and then they don't play again till no, they played Tuesday, don't play again till Saturday. And the other series ends up playing Wednesday and Friday. Well, you know, TV makes the money go around. <laughs> it does, you know, right? You have the you have the Bucks. Um the returning champs, Buck, Buck Celtics, leading into the Kentucky Derby. After the mm-hmm. Derby, you have the, you know, Morant against Curry, and that is kind of the, um, like the big matchup, quote unquote, mm-hmm. so to speak. You know, yep. the the big names. Um, in terms of the Bucks game, I know there's two guys I know that work inside the Bucks. One guy says Middleton game four. The other guy, no, sorry, one says Middleton game four. The other one says Middleton game five. So okay. uh, this is the this is the first time they've ever did, they've ever told me different conflicting things. So I don't know. I guess I'm gonna see like who's more reliable. So, so I don't I don't know. Um, even if he does come back, I'm really not sure like how effective he's gonna be coming off that MCL. Uh, you know, you reference shot quality. Shot quality had this game is dead even. Dead even. So dead even. Um, Giannis is another one. Like, kind of, but yeah, I mean, go ahead. It was kind of like a flip. You know, mm-hmm. game one, the Bucks, you know, shot great. Celtics really didn't. Game two, vice versa. Uh, I Bud will make some adjustments. You'll get the the role player bump up. Same exact thing. Um, Grayson yeah. Allen, Brooke Lopez, yeah. you know, all of those guys are going to shoot a little but bit better. Connaughton. You mentioned Brooke Lopez. You can't let the Celtics put Jason Tatum on Brooke Lopez. No, and no. not throw give him some sort of post action. Mm-hmm. Make him make, make him work down there. Yeah. You gotta make him do some stuff. So I I I think that's gonna be one adjustment. Um I don't expect the Celtics to shoot. Grant Grant Williams is playing, you know, exceptional right now, but he's gonna come back to Earth because if he was this type of player, he'd be playing a lot more for He's not. You know, he's you not. know what I mean? So He'll come back down. He's going to have a tough game where he goes oh for six or seven, and Giannis just eats him alive in one of these games coming up on the road. He he yeah. has been. Now let me say this: you're you're absolutely right. Well, let's give him credit for what he's doing. He has been awesome, but he can't. If he sustains this, we'll tip our cap and go. Well, he was the reason why Boston won the series because he was sort of an out of nowhere X factor that made life really difficult on Giannis and hit a ton of shots. Exactly. Exactly. He's. But I guess my point is this is if this is who he was, he'd be playing a lot more. You know what I, tr- I mean? I trust Giannis. Yeah, who yeah. who do you trust in in the sample size that we've seen so far? Do you think we're going to get more games where Giannis is bump, kind of bumbling the ball, kind of looking a little bit uncomfortable? Same thing for him. He's going to go back home now. He and pressed. I think I mean that's what the thing. He pressed yeah, a little bit. Um he did. but I think that was kind of it was weird. Like in game 1, they got down a quick 8-2. 
like a quick eight two, and Bud had no effing around. He took that timeout right away and kind of calmed everyone down. This game two, they got off to another quick start, but Bud didn't take the timeout right away. He let him try to play through it a little bit, and then you know it just kind of got a little bit out of hand. Yeah, they were down not, by like I'm eighteen not, twenty yeah, ish. I'm, I'm not saying that made it. That's why, but but I'm saying the adjustment was different. Um, you know, and it, I, if you look at, I mean, just looking at the box score, the Bucks did outscore them in the second half of game two. So it was just that poor game one, first half that just cost them. You're not going to get another 30 points from Jalen Brown. Um, uh, you know, also you look, um, the one guy from the Celtics, I feel that does need to step up if the Celtics do have any shot of winning it is Derek White. I mean, he can't throw the ball in the bucket. And with smart uncertainty, you really don't know what's going on with him. I expect Grant Williams, like we talked about earlier, to come down to earth. Um, Those extra days uh, off do help both Smart and yeah. Middleton, right? Oh, the the sure. extra days off in between. So that's a positive for both of those guys on each side. Oh, for sure. For sure. And then the other thing in this series is I think this is just going to – this is going to be one of those series where – it's gonna be who between Connington, Allen versus Grant Williams can maintain their level of play. Mm-hmm. We saw Connington and Allen dip in Game Two. Yep. We saw Grant Williams's level of play raise uh, raise up. So you know what I mean. That's that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. I do, like I said, I do think the Bucks need to get the ball in the post more with Lopez, kind of exploit that matchup a little bit more. They do need to use Holiday a little bit more in the pick and roll. Um, and not have Giannis like press so much. He pressed a little bit in that first quarter mm-hmm. when he got down big. Uh, I will say he was getting though, a little like, bit I, predictable, you know. Yeah, I will say this though, like, but in years past, I would be worried. I'm not worried this time around just because of what they've done in the past as a team. And what's nice, like we said, is the numbers kind of match what you're saying too with shot quality like they don't look like they were getting their butts kicked in any by any means like it sort of looked on paper they had that that score dead even and right now Milwaukee is uh what a three-point favorite for game three two, heading home two and a half like two and a half yeah Milwaukee. yeah me too Milwaukee. yeah I think so I mean I mean make a cameo at the game who knows oh so, nice uh, okay yeah but, okay but I'll definitely I'll definitely be on Milwaukee for that maybe, game maybe we'll see you out there on Saturday so uh, final series to discuss. This one's one one. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Okay. I don't think Dylan Brooks should have been suspended. Now I, I think this is one of those things where because of some of the stuff that he's done and sort of his attitude and the way he is, I think that that played into it because he's done some. <laughs> he's you know it's funny not even like shady, but he's just done some weird things. Have, have you seen yeah. some of the clips of like the fouls where he's like faked and he's like pretended like he's gotten hit and he's you know t- just yeah. flopped oh, like yeah. crazy. Yeah. He's just absurd. But that but that that shouldn't play into tell, it. That's not fair. And and I don't. I know, but like you can tell, like you watch the video. He was going for the block. He hit the guy's head, fell down, um, and it wasn't necessarily the hit. It was the fall, if that makes sense, that caused the injury. If Payton, if Payton doesn't hurt his elbow, I don't think Brooks is suspended. You're, I think you're right. You think you're right, and that is one of those things that is hard to gauge because 
if and he doesn't he hit him. Reacted, yeah. It shows he didn't mean to do that. He didn't mean, he just meant to foul to him that, like a playoff foul. Yeah. You know, if you meant to do that, you're putting your head down and walking away. Yeah. I mean, and he was like hovering over him, trying to help. So, I mean, you can't really fake that. Like that. Yeah, yeah. When you're in a game with your emotions like that, if you're, you're pissed off and you're trying to punch someone or kind of cheap shot them a little bit, you don't go back to trying to help them. You know, you realize, and if you, if, if something happens, you go, oh no, I just tried, I was just, it was a foul and you fell down. And you're right. If he doesn't get hurt, if he gets back up and he's in the game, is it anything more than just a foul? No, I don't but, think it. You know what I mean? I can, I think, and I, I can understand just, why some people would say, "Well, because he fouled him, that caused him to get hurt, and now he's going to be missing time, so he should at least miss something." I can sort of understand that, but you're right. If it's it's totally in a vacuum, that yeah. play, if the guy who got pushed didn't fall down and get hurt, and he just got pushed with the same impact, it would have just been a common foul or a regular, nothing big deal, no big deal. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, in terms of this game, you know, I'll the, it's kind of funny. It's 1-1. But this game could easily be the Warriors up 2-0 or the Grizzlies up 2-0. This series has been a tight series. Uh, I really feel like game one, the youth of the Grizzlies cost them that win. Uh, game two, they played insanely I wouldn't say they played better but they did what they had to do to win um Morant played absolutely insane and the thing and losing Payne is going to hurt because Payne's the guy that was starting and checking Morant at the beginning of the games mm-hmm. uh, they don't you know Clay can't really do that right now Clay can't chase him around and then give him what give you what they need from him on the offensive end he's physically there are there are not many people that can chase him around. We saw what happened at the end of the game last night when they had to have they tried to have pool on Morant in some spots. He went absolutely nuts in yeah, they just, the late part of that game. Every time he was just putting people yeah. in, in in the popcorn machine on skates. I does this number seem a little bit high to you at seven? It does seem, it does seem high, but I think it's that the to, bump. To, 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 yeah, to. The bump you. and you're missing Brooks. Brooks is probably good for one point. point. So I was gonna say five, yeah, because five would have felt like what I would have been. Remember, and it probably would have been five and a half, six if Brooks was. Yeah. Um, with any early Grizzly, leans though, in game three, they need a better game. If if they have any shot of winning this game, let alone the series, they need more from Bain. Um, they, I mean, what was he? I think he only had like five points. He's one of four from three in um. In game two, uh, in game one, he was, um, excuse me, in game one, I don't think he, I don't even think he got over 15 points in game one either. So he's just hasn't, you know what I mean? I know he's a little bit banged up, but he hasn't, he's for them to win. Yeah. He had nine points. He was one of five. So Bain is two for nine shooting threes in two games. And they're one, one, they're lucky to be one, one with Bain only doing that where he, needs to be the second or third best scoring option. So they're going to need Bain to go back to what he was on the road against Minnesota. Uh, Jaron Jackson is going to be the complete wild card. I, that game one is kind of like why I thought he was going to win most improved player this year with everything he was doing. Then he went back to his old self in game two. The kid is hit and miss. Uh, so yeah, if the Grizzlies have any shot of competing, 
They need something from Bane. Bane needs to start hitting shots. He needs to be putting 18 points, 18 points up on the board. Eric and I will be talking about these games on Saturday morning, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Um, and we'll know, we'll be able to dive in a little bit more there as far as uh, props and uh, different ways that we're going to attack these games and different ways to play them. Anything else to to mention on these uh, these Saturday games before we get out of here, buddy? Uh, no, but I would definitely look into parlaying um, the home dogs on um, Friday. Night. Friday. Friday night, yeah. Yeah, Friday night, the game three home dogs there. I agree. Philly, Dallas, parlay there. I think, yeah, yeah I think Philly, Dallas, parlay. I like Milwaukee going back home. I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do in that Golden State Memphis game as far as a side yet. I'm going to wait a little bit more. I'll probably attack that game more props wise because I could see it. It's been really close. So like I said, so. I wouldn't be shocked if this whole series is just close because I don't like this matchup all that well for Golden State. It just it feels like a good matchup for Memphis and what they can do. And but if there if there is a game in the series where Golden State wins by twenty, it would probably be this spot. Yeah, this, so, it would be this spot. And I'll say this: Golden State has been awful rebounding. They are rebounding well. They won the first two games rebounding. Rebounding. I thought that was going to be. The big thing for Memphis, they're, they're doing a great job. Yeah, they're doing a great job keeping Memphis, um, excuse me, Memphis off the glass. I mean, realistically, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah, they don't even have a Bane point prop out yet with how crazy, that's kind of crazy. Uh, Poole's at 21 and a half. Uh, his role's kind of reducing as we're seeing. You know, he only played 21 minutes last game. If Payton can't, Payton's not going to be able to go. Now, who do you want on the court? You need, you know what I mean. You need you need someone, someone maybe a little more defensive yeah, to yeah, to slow so, down Jaw, and maybe yeah, you get so one of those cool, wings yeah. like Kaminga, you know, or do you have someone who's a little bit bigger who can maybe try to put a little size on Jaw because Pool has? I don't think Pool's going to be able to to run around with him. No, not at all. The one player prop though that I am definitely looking to get invested in is Andrew Wig- Wiggins. Over one and a half threes. That's the one I. That's that's the prop I'm going to be attacking on Saturday. Getting wiggy with it. Come hang out yep. with us on yep. Saturday morning at BTV Bets, noon Eastern, nine a.m. Pacific time. I joined Eric this week on uh, the Twitch live stream and on uh, part of his show to talk a little Kentucky Derby. Went through the field a little and some matchups there and some uh, some head to heads. What else do you have coming up uh, on uh, your podcast and your content this week, buddy? Geez, I have way too much. I'm going to be rivaling you this week. You have um, a ton coming up, I know. Jesus. Uh, my boy Stoy and I did an NFL draft recap, uh, NHL, NHL playoff talk, uh, Kentucky Derby with you, um, XFL gym, USFL, uh, Leo, UFC, and uh, my boy Brandon, NASCAR. Yeah, so Got I mean, it all. Oh. Woo, yeah, love so, it. Love yeah, it. I'm going to be I think I'm gonna I've never gone over two hours before. I could rival that. So I think I think you'll get there. We uh yeah, I, so we'll I love it. I love it. Love to see everything. And what's nice is those are a lot of things that are kind of my weak spots too. So I need to uh, I can toss that on and, and learn quite a bit for you because yeah, NASCAR stuff, hockey, those are a couple things that I just don't really know quite as well. So I'm always curious and uh and very excited for some of the insight there on your show. 
Okay, buddy. We'll uh, we'll see you this weekend. Let's make a little money with everything. Uh, NBA Derby. Talk to you tomorrow for some uh, Friday NBA. Hey, man. I look forward to it. Uh, you know, let's let's make some money. Let's win some Derby winners, dude. I right, let's do it. Let's do it. It's crazy to, to think how close we're getting towards the end of the NBA season, and then when the NBA season starts, we. We'll we'll start transitioning on over into the NFL and start previewing things too. So I, I was uh, speaking with uh, Beho over there. I think once NBA is done, we may do some sort of a weekly uh, thing. Um, if you're up for it with myself, you maybe Leo, where we do weekly uh, NFL previews. Maybe we'll do like a division each week, and we'll do some fantasy stuff too. So that way we can uh, start getting ahead because once NBA uh, stops, it'll just be baseball for a while. So we'll start focusing in on the NFL. That's what's. Uh, and the NFL never stops, man. And the draft right now just happened. Now, like you said, what's the twelfth is when the schedule comes out next week? Yeah, the twelfth is when it's when it comes out. So you know, we'll we're gonna be ready to rock and roll, man. I'm looking Absolute. forward to it. So. Absolutely make sure to give Eric a follow out there And uh, you'll be hearing him on That's What G Said Each and every week Don't go anywhere folks There's a lot more to come on this episode racing fans many of us have been using the drf the daily racing form for years studying the races keeping up to date on news with all the articles i remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack wherever i was going now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use drf with drf.com and the newly optimized drf mobile you can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to drf.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets. Get real-time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse and you get those same DRF past performances that you're familiar with with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts, for replays if you get the formulator version, and even on the classic past performances, you get the home screen with horses, with odds, with buyers. You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph. You can rotate your phone for the best view, and any horse that you click on, you'll see the running lines. You can easily move from horse to horse. The same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances. You get an interactive format, which is very similar to the DRF classic version that you're used to on the desktop. Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone, cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next and then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering, multiple formats to view. You got the overview page with recent speed figures, current day's odds, easy access to expert selections and analysis. You got the buyer speed figure graph with lifetime buyer speed figures and chart notes for every horse. 
and you got those traditional DRF pass performances that are just newly optimized for your mobile phones. They are constantly upgrading, improving, and making everything easier for you to get your handicapping done at DRF.com. Download the Stable Duel app and play today. Stable Duel schedule for this weekend. Gulfstream Park, Tampa Bay Downs with a free ride. There's the March to Maryland feeder over at Gulfstream. Try to win your way into the big Preakness contest coming up in a few weeks. Santa Anita and Woodbine both have games on Friday. Then on Saturday, Gulfstream, Monmouth with their opener. Uh, You also have another March to Maryland feeder game at Santa Anita. Hawthorne has a game for five bucks you can enter. On Sunday, Gulfstream, Monmouth, Hawthorne, Santa Anita, and Golden Gate. Santa Anita is the one with the March to Maryland feeder. They are trying to win your way in to the Preakness, and those entries are worth $1,000. You get to play in the big $50,000 game. So very valuable entries when you win those feeder tournaments. So that's coming up this weekend with Stable Duel. Let's get on over to Santa Anita for Friday. If you're looking for some races to play along with the Kentucky Oaks, let's get to Santa Anita and let's take a look at May the 6th. We're going to races uh, 3, 5, 6, and 9. In the third, $25,000 claimers going a mile on the turf course here. I like the one Frontier Market. This guy was off for a while from March of 2020 to February of 2022, almost two full years. So it, he, And he actually raced pretty well in his first start off the bench when he returned he finished third on March the 19th he had some legitimate trouble that day he was blocked he had some traffic and on April the 16th he was only beaten a half length when finishing third I think he's really rounding back into form and I think he can take a nice step forward or two the number one frontier market trying to save all the ground from the inside and come run and he's five to one on the morning line anything over seven to two We'd make a win wager there in race number three. Also using the eight, Stitzy, in some exotics, at least in underneath. I think he may be a little bit better than you may think if you just looked at those uh, Turf Paradise races as of late. Stitzy will be using underneath and in some exotics with the one Frontier Market. Let's get to race number five, and let's take a look at the number three, Avery Blue, who is 7-2 on the morning line, and I'm treating this one like an exotic single. Avery Blue debuted for Drysdale, and this is the barn who you just think they're going to get a lot better when they have a race or two under their belt, and you'll get a little more distance to work with. Legitimate trouble, first time out of the box. A pretty nice little sneaky pedigree with lots of winning siblings that have had good turf success. I think there's more to Avery Blue in here. I will use this one as a an early exotic single or any kind of exotic single there. 7-2 on the morning line. Let's get to race number 6. Optional 50. Starter allowance here. They're going to go 7 furlongs on the dirt course. I'm looking to the outside towards the 9. Short man who is going to take the blinkers off. Going to go second start off the bench for Gennaro Vallejo. His dirt form overall is kind of sneaky. In his debut, he won at Los Al sprinting on the dirt. Then they tried synthetic. He didn't really run all, the well, all that well that day. Then they went long on the turf in a stakes race, he ran into McKinnon that day. He was 
four to one, so you know he was just a little bit overmatched. At Los Alamitos, they went back to the dirt in a starter, a uh, fifty starter allowance, and it was a pretty decent second that day for Shortman behind Saul's call. Then on October the eighth, he just kind of had a slow start. He didn't run all that well early, but he did show some late interest at Santa Anita, and then he was off for a few months. He, he didn't race from October to April. He probably needed the race when he showed back up on April the 2nd for the new barn that was also on the turf. He's going to get back to the dirt in here. I think he's a, a little interesting at a big price. I'm going to throw him in some exotics there. The number nine, Shortman, who's 15-1 to 1 on the morning line. In race number nine, the number seven is uh, the, the last play on Friday for me over at Santa Anita. They'll go a mile and an eighth on the turf course. We've got a first-level allowance here. Stotland will add the blinks, and Stotland has actually won two in a row, and he's shown a little bit of versatility in winning those. He was right on the pace when they were going a little slow, and then he sat off, and he closed from towards the back of the pack and drew the rail in both of those. Now he moves to the outside. Third start of the form cycle for the number seven, Stotland, with the blinks on, I think it's a good spot for him. And he's 6-1 to one on the morning line. If we can get anything over 4, we'd make a win wager. That's Friday over at Santa Anita. Best of luck while you're playing the Kentucky Oaks. Make sure to head on over and uh, fire away at some Santa Anita. So speaking of Santa Anita, let's talk some Saturday Santa Anita. We've got three plays for Saturday at Santa Anita. Let's get the past performances out for May the 7th. First race. Six furlongs on the turf course, maiden, $50,000 claimers. I'm looking at the 10 quintessence. The dam, one on the turf course. There's something there in the mornings with quintessence when I've watched a couple of the workouts on XBTV. First time gelding, first time Lasix, little turf pedigree. They'll try the grass for the first time. Seems like this horse is perked up a little in the mornings. I like the 10 quintessence, who's 8-1 to one on the morning line. In race number 7 at Santa Anita on Saturday, we'll move to... I believe starts your late pick four, race number seven. I'm looking at the number four in here, Ballet Dancing. Now, her debut was not bad. She finished third going long on the turf course. Now, that was back in October, and now she's a three-year-old filly. She's been off since October. We're talking almost half of a year now. She should have a little more maturity to her. She's going to get Lasix for the first time. The number four, Ballet Dancing. We'll be using here. She's 12 to 1 on the morning line. We'll be using her in all exotics. Make a win wager if you can get anything around 8 to 1. And let's go to the ninth as we take a look at a race that'll be coming down the hillside turf course. I'm going towards the outside and I'm looking at the night in here. 16 Arches, who actually was good in breaking her maiden in the career debut, going 7.5 on the synthetic. I think this longer sprint and the way the downhill plays out should be to her liking she's drawn towards the outside so she can just kind of break see where she sits and try to close and come with one big late rally 16 arches number nine in race number nine five to one on the morning line 16 arches that's saturday over at santa anita Let's head to Louisiana Downs for the first time opening day on Saturday. Seven race card at Louisiana Downs, 305 Central, first post there. And I'll be helping out on the uh, on the broadcast, on the simulcast, providing selections and analysis. So yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be helping out at least for the, the first few weeks and probably uh, on more throughout the meet there, talking some LAD. So we're looking at May the 7th. 
and we're looking at race number one. Five thousand dollar beaten claimers, Phillies and Mares, three year olds and up, which have never won four races or which have never won a race in twenty or which haven't won a race in twenty twenty two. I'm going to the outside with Lucky Lynn's the number six in here. Now she's over the last seventeen, but she has a bit more positional speed than it might seem in here. She's gonna go second time for this barn. She tried tougher first start off the claim. She moved through inside at the rail. She's about two lengths off and she was up to just about a length off in a little bit of traffic. She had a couple to her outside and then she was right up on the heels of uh, the leader. She was inside. She got shuffled. She came on. Uh, she tried to come on again. She just couldn't. And that race was won by the 6-5 to five favorite Zydeco Music. That was on uh, April the 13th. On March the 27th, she was inside. She had a fine start but she got back uh, but backed up to last and then angled to the outside past a few tired horses. There is something there. She seems to fit with this group. So I'll use the six. I'll also use the two Texas Mama. A couple of months off now, but she cuts back. And even cutting back, she's probably still the one to catch. She raced at a mile last time out. Now she's back to six furlongs. She does have wins at five and five and a half. She should like the, the shorter distances a little bit better. She's one at Louisiana Downs too. She's going to go first start off the claim for Broberg, who has had 1,700-plus horses first start off the claim over the last five years. 408 of them have been winners. Active Girl, not quite as high on. 6-2, who the four would be the next one for me. Pintala, who she's only been six furlongs twice in her first couple starts, and she's shown some versatile and some nice late en- versatility and a little bit of nice late energy as of late going six and a half. So maybe now she'd be a little bit better going shorter. She seems like she just is better now. In Kodiak Sky, man, more of an underneath type. Custom for Carlita. I'll stack them 6-2-4-3 here. Has flashed some positional speed at least. Not a win machine over the last 19 and never a top two finish. And Not a win machine over 19 and never a top two finish at six furlongs. So uh, this one... Does have a win on the bottom of the page, but the 0 for 19 was at the distance. That win was going 7. 6 2, 4, 3 in the opener at LAD. Let's move to race number 2, 12 5 non winners of 3 on the turf course here, going about one mile. I'm looking at the 7 in here to the outside. I'm looking at Dream It. It just seems like there are a few that want to be forwardly placed. I think Limitless Maisie, both wins were basically wire to wire. The Missing Piece, both wins right on the lead. Carson's Princess wants to be really close. The, you know, Empty Net, another one who wants to be right there and forwardly placed. So to me, there are a couple horses who should really get great trips in here. Runaway Henny, the number four, and then the number seven, Dream It. Those will be the two that I would use in all exotics. If you were looking for one other, it would be Empty Net, who was a twice-beaten favorite recently in a couple starts for Broberg. Last time out was a runoff and uh, opened up by five. And if you were looking for one of the main speeds to stick around, maybe it's that one. But I like 7-4 a bit more in race number two. Let's move to race number three. And in the third race, we'll go to $5,000 non-winners of two, six furlongs on the distance. These are three-year-olds and up. I'm looking towards the five in here. Callan feels good. This one had a good start inside with second. Last time out over at EVD was a couple lengths off. And there was an opening inside and, and he moved through nicely. He just really couldn't get through. And so he backed out of it and he tried. He just he couldn't re-rally. The winner that day, Cherokee Takeover, came back to win next out at Evangeline in a Louisiana-bred 15 claimer by 11-plus lengths. Should be a good spot. 
for Callan Fields Good second time against winners in here. Lightly raced with some upside. The three sweet Rachel. Cutback should help, should be forwardly placed. Lost to a horse named Bassett, who has won two of the last three. That was on March the 5th. Proven at Louisiana Downs. You can toss out the race in the slop. You can toss out the race going seven furlongs against 20 claimers. That was probably too tough. And he comes off a good effort. He had a nice start. He was asked for speed. He was right with the leaders. In the three path, he moved into the turn wide. Cost cost him a bit uh, up to the two path to press. And then he was up to challenge before at the top of the lane. He just couldn't get by Bassett. Second best that day. Sweet Rachel. And that's why I kept saying she. But... No, Sweet Rachel is the five-year-old gelding. The two, Rob Toddy Storm, had a fine start inside. He was fifth, about six, seven off, angled off the rail, a little bit flat late. Over the last nine, but three of his last five would be pretty competitive in here. Five, three, two, then the one I'm like dreaming if you needed to go a little bit deeper. The, the Fairgrounds win January the 21st wasn't bad. The last effort is a little bit better than it might look on paper. The winner went wire to wire, and this guy did finish just a length behind a group for second. 5-3-2-1 in the third at LAD on Saturday. Let's move to the fourth race for Louisiana Downs. Going a mile on the turf course. 12-5 claimers, non-winners of two lifetime races. The eight horse is the one that I would uh, look to start with. Chop a style think just coming out of some good races overall really really consistent you can toss a couple of the races that have been taken off the grass you can toss one of the races back in July of 2020 that sent this horse to the bench and now all of a sudden you've got a string of pretty consistent efforts and nothing that you can really scoff at I think Chopa Style is a must use the eight in here the two Monarch Man last turf race was a was you know a good effort and it was against a good group he was Showing some speed early on, and he lost to a horse named Stitched, who won a first-level allowance at Churchill Downs with an 81 buyer. The one full dinner jacket was in a little bit tight along the rail right away and never really seemed comfortable last time out. Moved in between horses to the two-path, was in some traffic, flew late, or excuse me, flat, a little bit flat late, 0 for the last 11. But does come out of some better, better races. No doubt, top-tier contender. But you want to take a short price? I prefer the eight, the two... I had them stacked over the one. Then if you wanted to go a little deeper, I would use the uh, the seven and the four. Let's move to race number five at Louisiana Downs. Start of a late pick three there. Mile and 70 yards. Optional 10 claimers. They'll go a mile and 70 on the main track. I'm looking at the five guitar slim who was three deep into the turn, battling with two to the inside. The runner up, or the, the horse to his inside, Land of the Pharaohs, was defeated a couple times by a horse named Travista. And on 4-13, April the 13th, the race that Guitar Slim finished second, Travista was last in that race. So if you're playing the common rival game, the horse that beat Land of the Pharaohs, Guitar Slim beat. I thought the three was another one that you maybe uh, wanted to include. Cap uh, Rock Miner, the one to catch maybe. If post-close can't stay close, Cap Rock Miner could outrun this field. The two hardcore folklore... That February 10th race was not bad. You can probably just excuse the last effort in the slop. It was against first level allowance company and he was only beaten a neck that day. Got a really nice opening in the inside and, and just missed. So from a class standpoint, he should fit pretty well here. 5-3-2 in the fifth at Louisiana Downs. Moving on to race number six. We've got a first level allowance on the turf course for Phillies Amaris, three-year-olds and up. Seven and a half on the, uh, the turf. 
I'm looking towards the 8. And I'm looking at just passing through who exits a a night exits a race where he caught a, a wire-to-wire winner, the horse who won by 5.5 that day. He out-finished country time on, what, a couple starts back? So I think just passing through who was a winner the only time he was at Louisiana Downs. She was at Louisiana Downs. She's proven at the trip. Just passing through. This is the top play for me. Country time, very logical top contender who has won two of her last three. Then you've got the three, Miss Kennedy, whose three direct siblings to try the turf have all won on it. And this is the only horse in the field who's never been in for a tag, which is a positive. They like this one. Miss Kennedy, the three, eight, one, three. If you were going a little deeper, the six, seriously, sassy. Second start off the bench, two works over the track, comes in from a couple works over the track, comes in from Oaklawn, can still flash her speed on the turf. And the races last year on the main weren't that bad from just a, a class standpoint. Number six, seriously, sassy, you're going to be in the exotics for me there. Let's close out the Saturday card at Louisiana Downs with. $5,000 maiden, Louisiana bred claimers, six furlongs, the distance here. I thought the three, Landry and Lucas, who debuted at fairgrounds against Louisiana bred, 10 claimers, made a nice, decent middle move. The blinks are on. The bug is up. I think you're going to get aggressive here with Landry and Lucas. And this horse might be the quickest. My pal, Greeley, I'm not quite as sold on. The five, Kaysen's train, came... Came up a, bat, a bit short last time out, but it was a pretty good second last time out. It, I'm just not sure if a six furlong sprint is what he wants. He will come running, but he's over 14 with some minor awards. You got the two, you, your daddy's son. The dam of this one was a four-time winner on the dirt. This guy debuted on the turf at fairgrounds against much tougher, so he's, he's just a must-use on the drop alone. And then you've got Oscar Choice, who's only... Louisiana Downs race was a pretty good second. 3-5-2-8 to close out the opening day card at Louisiana Downs. In case you missed it, we had interviews with Martha Clausen and Roxanne Tanner on our Kentucky Oaks and Kentucky Derby preview shows to talk all about what we can expect at the upcoming Louisiana Downs meet, new ownership, new energy, a lot of excitement. Martha helped us uh, get set up uh, for, you know, and prepared for some of the connections, jockeys, trainers, and she always has some great stories. And Roxanne told us how things have changed and uh, and how excited everybody is over there and some of the things we can expect throughout the meet at LAD. And you can expect to hear a lot about Louisiana Downs Racing right here on That's What G Said. Let's finish up this episode with Wrestling with Chad Cooper. Before we do, we have to remind you about full-service realtor Cindy Carava. Now, as a full-service realtor, she can help you out in many ways, like buying, selling, leasing. She can help connect you to vendors if you want help with home improvement, gardeners, landscapers, painters, all sorts of people that she has experience working with in her own homes. Now, maybe you need help with uh, a loan. Well, that's fine. She'll take care of you. She'll set you up and uh, and connect you with a lender who will get you all approved and uh, and make that process very easy for you. One of the kinder and most genuine people you will ever meet. Cindy Carava has a website, C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com. And you can find all of her listings there on Yelp and Zillow. There are reviews about her. 
She's going to make your life so much easier. Heck, she'll even do a free market analysis of your home's value if you just want to see uh, how much it's worth and where you stack up. CindyCarava.com. We finish things up with Chad Cooper this week in wrestling. We preview WrestleMania Backlash. We talk about what's been going on on SmackDown, Raw, NXT, and we finish up with AEW. Koopa Loop this week in wrestling on That's What G Said. Here it is, folks. Fight of the night. And trying to claim that belt once and for all. It's this week's wrestling recap. All right, calm down. And here he is, your hometown hero, your reigning champ, the one and only Chad Cooper. It's the entrance music for That's What G Said podcast with uh, Wrestling with Chad Cooper. It's the lawnmowers outside, the gardener. That That's like our... Uh, that, that would be so funny, you know, how, like, uh, was it Saturn and Cesaro used to just have the siren? Oh, you know, yeah. For, for yeah. their entrance music. We just got the lawnmower and the tag team of Coop and uh, and Gino come on out for this week in wrestling. Koopa Loop, my man, hope you're doing well. And we got a pay-per-view coming up this weekend. Uh, WrestleMania Backlash is ahead. And there's a little bit of a lull post-WrestleMania, and it's... It's been interesting because we were a little bit worried about the unification of the titles and not having a champion on both shows. There's been some weird stuff with Brock and with Roman. If if they were healthy, Brock hasn't been around. They kind of teased Roman in a Nakamura thing, and then that just completely went away. And now we're going to head into this pay-per-view where the match will be fine, but they've been building up a tag team unification title match between RK-Bro and the Usos. That was a match that we were talking about Expecting it to be the main event And now all of a sudden they added Drew McIntyre And Roman to the match Which it's fine But it doesn't feel as much like a pay-per-view match It sort of feels like something you might see In the main event of Smackdown Or I don't know yeah, Maybe it's like a Survivor Series type thing But I don't know I It felt like the tag match was bigger Did, Do you think they maybe just changed their minds And didn't want to unify the titles now? Uh, that That's a, a, a very... Valid point. Uh, first and foremost, uh, these are the type of pay-per-views that turn out to be sneaky good. Now, it could be a stinker this weekend. Well, because on paper, the matches all should be really good. The build just hasn't been... It's been fine for a few of them, but we don't have yeah. any major title matches for the men on the show. Right. We right. don't really have a challenger or anything for Bianca set up. We don't have anything for the IC title again or for the US title again. And there are only six matches carded. Four of them could be awesome matches. Yeah, and, and who knows? Um, I, I mean, it's this weekend. We have a SmackDown left, but we're not getting Kevin Owens, you know, and Ezekiel anywhere on here. A, a couple of things. Yeah, maybe they've had a change of heart. Or is Roman Reigns, uh, you know, we two weeks ago we were like, okay, we keep hearing that Roman Reigns is billed uh, and that's B-I-L-L-E-D, not B-U-I-L-D. He's billed as being on this pay-per-view, and we thought, okay, who's he going to defend the title against? And then, I, wasn't it about a week ago, he and Drew had the face-off, Drew got involved, we're like, okay, this is going to be one of those two-week things, but, you know, sorry for Drew. Then all of a sudden, this gets changed. Maybe Roman is dealing with an injury, and mm-hmm. he can 
He's going to be staying out of the six-man tag. This is definitely not a main event. Maybe it's a house show main event. I know. Um, just it's going to be fun. Like the match it, will be will great. Be. Sure, it'll be sure. fun, but it's it sort of feels like it's a way where they can maybe hide a Roman injury and protect him yeah. a little bit while putting him on the card. But and I yeah, think we're getting that. I, I don't think now they can drop the unification title, but WWE is notorious for dropping a storyline and you never hear about it ever again. Um, so you bring up some valid points. Don't like it that it's the main event. Uh, there's only what one title on the line, um, for this quote unquote pay-per-view. So it does seem a little, um, what there's three champions missing off of this and, mm-hmm. uh, and at least Bianca, but there's been really no build for her except, you know, her and Sonya have been, you know, duking it out. So it is a little odd, but I think after said and done, it's going to be a quality, some, some quality matches, mm-hmm. but it's definitely lacking that pop match. I would have yeah, thought Charlotte and Ronda could be the main event. Yeah, we didn't get a Becky Oscar, which sort of felt no. like we were going in that way direction. It just feels like there are a couple matches or things they wanted, but they didn't want to go to them quite yet. You know, because they didn't want to go to yeah, Drew. Feels like that. They didn't want to go to Drew Roman yet for whatever reason. Maybe Roman's not healthy, or maybe they just go, "Hey, Drew is still probably one of the biggest matches we have left for Roman. So if we burn that right now, then what do we have for Roman in the sure. next few months? Like, if if they're not going to have Drew and Roman." Or if it's not like Roman and Cody at SummerSlam, if that's going to be longer down the line, or who knows what they're doing with him there, Drew makes sense as being a guy that Roman could face at SummerSlam. That you could, Drew is maybe one of two or three people where you could say, okay, maybe he could beat Roman. He's not going to, but you could at least entertain the possibility. On a SmackDown last week, we got Drew beating Sami Zayn in the steel cage. We got Ricochet. Uh, beating Shanky with the IC title Like why couldn't we just If you're gonna have Ricochet doing this Where he's you know he's beating You know he's he's stacking wins for the IC title That's fine I'd rather have him stacking wins Than losses why don't you just have him Booked for someone on the pay-per-view Maybe they will on Smackdown but Why don't you have him have a small Mini feud, two week feud You know whatever it is Baron Corbin and then have Ma- Madcap Interfere you know what I Whatever you want it to be, but it just seems like why can't we get these guys with those mid card titles on the pay per views? Well, I'm I'm curious to see since there's only six announced matches. I'm curious to see what gets added to pre show uh, after tonight because or after SmackDown. I, I I can see a couple of matches. Heck, I could see a Raw brand match getting mm-hmm. thrown on there. Um, it is odd, you know. I. I you want your champions to be on TV as much as possible, but you also want some payoffs for them too to get some pay-per-view points. And I'm not talking like UFC that that wants structured, um, and they may still do, where certain fighters win on the main card of a pay-per-view and you, and you get different amount of pay. But I, you, you always want to be on a pay-per-view. You do. You want to be on TV every week, but at the end of the day, you want to be a part of a pay-per-view. And it's just really odd how they're doing things right now because we're exactly a month away from Hell in a Cell, which is June 5th in Chicago. And then you look at the next one, you're about a month away from Money in the Bank, which is July 30th, or excuse me, July 2nd, um, July 4th weekend. And then that same month, the final Saturday in July, which is I don't recall SummerSlam ever being in July. I thought it was always the first weekend of August. But Saturday, July 30th, 
you've got SummerSlam in Nashville. So I, it, it kind of maybe, you know, makes sense. To, well, we don't want to rush this or hold that and do this and do that. But, man, Ricochet is just so good, man. He's just so good. He deserves to be on this. And no offense, I, I'm into Madcap Moss now. Me too. I like I Madcap. Know, yeah, I just don't know if him and Corbin, that's a, that's a pre-show match for me. It just no. really is. It is. Yeah. So it's nothing really um, groundbreaking. You know, maybe we get the Ronda win, and we'll talk about that a little bit. I guess Ronda and Charlotte had beat the clock, I quit challenge matches. Ronda beat Shotzi, and then Charlotte couldn't beat Aaliyah in less time there. Also on SmackDown, we had the smiling Raquel Rodriguez, who just <laughs> smiles all over the place. But at least, at least it's like a smile, but then she's going to look badass in the ring. Oh, I'm I'm okay with that because they're not making her look like a joke in the ring. She's not just smiling and laughing, and they haven't completely stripped her of her in ring work, which is what makes her good. She's dominant in there. We got Naomi beating Shayna. That's probably a match we could get, right? The tag team titles, the sure. women's tag, uh, Sasha and Naomi versus Natty and Shayna. That that could probably be on the pay per view. I would think. Um, you know, I I just it's it's. When you have a pay-per-view coming up and it's and it's I, I never thought backlash was a good one because you it, it just seemed too soon after WrestleMania. I and now you have to do a certain amount of them to put on the Peacock app to draw, you know, more eyes and and subscriptions up. I just with all this talent, especially on the SmackDown brand and you and you look at the six matches and you think, "Man, why is she getting left off?" Why is he getting left off? Why is this match going on? And I, look, and I, I think what, what's happening here, going back to Drew and Roman, I, I, I'm i with you. I don't think they want to rush into that match. I think this is something that's probably going to headline either probably money in the bank. I, I don't see Roman getting inside in a hell in a cell. Heck, I would think Cody Seth probably is heading to a hell in a cell type, type finish off. Especially but, with the way that that feud sort of bump, got amped up with how Seth went a little personal this sure, week. Sure, and I know I'm kind of bouncing all over. No, the no, place, no. But, go ahead. But but look, with with Raquel, we were kind of concerned here, but because we heard she was she could be in a managerial role. Then we saw her with Los Lotharios one week, uh, it, you know, backstage with uh, a pass by segment. Uh, we haven't seen Eli Drake. We've heard some 205 Live stuff with him and some dark dark show, you know, stuff on the mic. But Raquel, it's going to be interesting where they go with her. At least her match, and she worked, uh, I don't remember Cat, the girl's Cat name. Cat Cardoza. Who is uh, Layla Gray in the indie circuit, who is really, really good. And I was surprised they let Layla Gray get that much offense. They let her the kind of start. The, uh, initially, she was kind yeah, of on, you yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is this is interesting because uh, I, I've seen Layla work, and she's really, really good. Um but it, it kind of brings a breath of fresh air to the women's division. But at the same time, where's Queen Zelina? Where's Carmella? You know, where, where's some of these these names that, you know, we thought we know they're not going to be on every pay-per-view. But, man, they, there's a lot of superstars. Uh, there are. We, we always we always bag on AEW, and they deserve some of the bagging. But, a, but WWE, uh, at the end of the day, they have a – especially, you know, did you like when each brand – had their pay per view. No, Remember we tried that for a while. That so doesn't you're okay work with with the, well, with the joining. That's the, when you know people are going to get left out. Yeah, because the well, the joining pay per views I'm fine with, but the there are sometimes where it's like, why don't it's like a raw, 
right? Well, so- yeah, look look at this, for example, this pay-per-view, and we're going to kind of transition over a little bit. I mean, on the only other things on SmackDown worth talking about, we saw another uh, Gunther promo. We had uh, Xavier beat Ridge, and then Sheamus beat Kofi there. And um, just continuing on, you know, we got that build for the uh, the six man tag match, which continued on uh, on Monday Night Raw. But think about Monday Night Raw as we move over. We don't have Bianca, Liv, Oscar, Becky, Rhea, Sonya. The entire women's main event. There were six right. women in there. None of them are on the card. So odd. Plus so the odd. plus like, and we're just assuming, but the women's tag match isn't on the card. Like, why don't? Why don't they just card it? And is this a and, and this has to be a Vince thing, because other places promote their stuff way more in advance. And I think it's just the thing that Vince changes his mind late, and so they're better off. They they're better off sometimes just not even just not doing it, yeah. something and then changing it again last minute. Because there's no reason why you're not having a women's tag, a Rhea versus Liv match in like a. Uh, no no DQ match or something, right? That could be like that, a really- that's, that's the one that's surprising the most Because I thought it was a build-up to this You know It should be These pay-per-views Sort of what, what you were going with, though They don't have to be split-branded But if you don't want to have Roman Reigns defending his title here And you don't want to have a match like that Then this is a good opportunity For you to have Rhea versus Liv For 10 to 15 minutes in a cool brawl and or look, they I'm wouldn't not, I, normally I, do that, you know? Yeah, and I'm not crapping on Natty. I'm not. I, I'm not crapping on uh, some of these other women who were members of the or one half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. We got Sasha Banks that's holding one of those titles. She's pretty good. She's one of the best of all time in WWE. She's 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 on a list or two, right? I, and there's really no one there right now for this. It, it's just been so centered on. Sonya and Bianca And then we've got this big build Between I understand why we're not going to do Becky and Asuka here Totally agree But why why couldn't that six woman tag team match Be on this pay per view It was a fine match on Raw I had no Mm -hmm. issues with it Mm -hmm. I thought it was really good And it was really great that Liv got got the pin So why not carry that over And have Liv work somebody And, And I think look Maybe we will get a match or two added but it's going to be in But why day, not have just added you know? a week ago so we know right, right. so that way that's when we're point. talking about it right that's now that's my point. because yeah. any it's it's one of those things where everybody that's on WWE TV or AEW TV or Impact or whatever all of these people have fans they all have hardcore fan bases and once you've gotten to this point no matter who you are if you're on the bottom of the card, there's still a lot of people that like you, that followed you on social media, that watched you get to where you are, that like your character, that that, that whatever it is. So anytime you announce another person for a show, there's a few extra people that will be watching. That's it's especially the women. The women have a especially massive especially the women, yeah. especially if you tell us, oh my gosh, how about how crazy and and let's say this to be fair, like gross. Like horny old men crazy Have people on social media been About Rhea and Liv And their you know their tag team And their look they kind of come out In these like dominatrix things sometimes And they laugh and play into it On social media you know like they have A fun time with it they know 
that people think that and so they joke like we see Liv she smacks other girls on the butt all the time now you know because she knows <laughs> she knows that people on social media get a kick out of it and they laugh and so she did it to Bianca the other day she went up and smacked her and Good Bianca was, was laughing and so these that would be I just don't understand like oh hey we're gonna have uh, a Liv versus Rhea match I'm not saying Liv should win this match But you could have Liv look really good Rhea get a win and then boom Like Rhea's on to be your next number one contender Which felt like a good opportunity On this show to get Would it, would it, would it really frustrate you On because we take this on Thursdays 99% of the time Thursday afternoons Would you really be disappointed If Thursday night or Friday On WWE social media They announced Liv versus Rhea On the pay-per-view would that really frustrate you? No, it wouldn't. I just would wish they would have announced it a little bit earlier, but I would be fine with it. Because it, you've it, got, like I said, you've got another four Raws, and you know, since we're, you know, it's it's Raw, it, mm-hmm. you know, these these gals are on the on, on the Raw brand. I, I just I think it takes it doesn't if you announce it this late, I, I think it definitely takes away from the momentum of the feud. Even though the fact they probably have a fantastic match, but it does—I—I I, would—I want them to be on there, but it definitely kills lives. Like as soon as they went off on Raw Monday night, because that was the tag. Liv got the win. What's the little Raw show they do afterwards? You know, I know it's talking. Yeah, smack, the Raw talk that. or whatever. Raw yeah, talk, look, announce it on there that I know. Liv announce a live match on there with Rhea. I would be, even be okay with that, but this late, it would be a little disappointing me, not because, oh, they're going to be on there. It's just, they deserve the build too. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been really, really fun between these two because yeah. we normally don't see a lot of these feuds. The secondary women, and third women's feud. But we're, a title and we've got a lot of them picture, right? right now, and which is do. cool. And we do, we do. So take advantage of that right now. If you don't, like, if you don't want to go with your, or if, like you said, you're in a holding pattern, you don't want to want to go Roman right now with Drew, and you want to wait a little bit. Give the women a little bit more of a spotlight. Maybe we'll see a, a couple matches added because that women's tag to close the show I thought was a lot of fun with Bianca, really yeah. Liv, and Oscar beating Becky, Rhea, and Sonya, and they even gave Liv the win. Yeah, he did. Right. So I'm that was what's funny. It's like of- you built it like you were gonna get, have her be in like a big singles match, even to lose. That's fine. She shouldn't beat <laughs> Rhea, but it it just seemed like they were setting it up to be like, oh, now we're gonna have Liv versus Rhea at the pay per view and like a false count anywhere or a no DQ match. You know, that would that's what I would hope. As uh, we continue on through Monday Night Raw. We had KO and Alpha Academy beat Ezekiel and the Street Profits to kick things <laughs> off. Uh, I wonder. So they gotta have the they gotta have some some stuff taped, right? Like they've gotta have it back there. I, I if they didn't, I'm gonna be upset. But they have to have some Elias stuff at some point where he just shows back up and like Kevin, buddy, what are you talking about? I'm Elias, you know. And yeah, that they, you, what was me. the one I, I saw WWE social media? I think I saw it on Twitter that. Uh, you know, he's sitting in the stands and he said, man, I'm sitting here with my brother Elias, you know, watching this 15 years ago. Now that and now Raw is here and I'm just like, it's been really good. It's been really, really good. I just don't know why you couldn't have some form of him and KO or something. Just do a KO show. You know, there, there's even no Miz. Like you said, there's no Austin Theory. This is an interesting selection of matches for WWE Backlash. I'll say that. It's very interesting, very unique, um, because I definitely think we're going towards Cody and Seth 
going to be on the men's side of the Hell in a Cell. I assume we're going to get a women's match too, but I definitely think we're headed with Cody and Seth uh, there uh, for the main event in uh, Hell in a Cell, other than Roman maybe versus Drew McIntyre. So we got uh, also on Raw, we had uh, Veer versus Burt Hansen. <laughs> this Burt Hansen, he uh, he spoke for a little bit. He, he was uh, wanted to work for WWE in his hometown of Greensboro. He worked at Stanley's Barbecue right down the road. Cheap pop, cheap yeah, pop. cheap cheap pop for some Stanley's hey, I, BBQ. I, you, know what, you know, I like this. Me too. Like this. this was James this, Ellsworth stuff, right? Yeah, I like this. This is, this is good cheap heat on Veer. And I'll say this, you know, they drug this out for over a year with Veer Mahan and at least the guy is is on TV every week and he's not just destroying people at least we're getting these jobbers talking a little bit about themselves so it gives the crowd something because they know the guy's going to get squashed right the guy's like hey you know I went to so-and-so high school and you know my fourth grade teacher's here I left her tickets at the box office I'm going to be somebody and then he just gets a big boot from Veer as the bell rings so great me too it 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 just this is this is what wrestling is, yeah. Right, uh, like, this, this is yes, this is old yes. school like territory Promo. stuff. You know, yeah. this is like this kind of reminds me of like the opposite of an Andy Kaufman thing. You know, like the <laughs> yeah. heel going out there and getting the cheap heat. You said this is the cheap baby face heat, and then you've got the yeah. big monster heel who just comes in and shuts them up. And it's like, oh you can, man, you you can do this with Veer. Shop. You can do this with Veer for another month, I think. You yeah. know, yeah. three or four weeks. You know, but you but then. You gotta give him someone n- next up on the tier, like a Cedric Alexander. You know, just like someone who's yeah. towards the uh, Akira Tozawa, one of the yeah. yeah, one of the twenty four seven guys, Drew Gulak. You know, someone like that who <laughs> we at least know, but they're not someone who it's gonna hurt by having them get beat. And then you have him just kind of step up the ladder a little bit. We had, I thought the AJ Damian Priest match was pretty good. It was and, good. Now now Damian Priest is going to be barred from ringside at WrestleMania Backlash, so we're going to get AJ versus Damian. And then afterwards, we ended up getting a little too sweet action because we've got um, after the bell, Edge comes out, and he was he was helping uh, Damian attack AJ two-on-one. Here comes Finn Balor, which made me in a weird way feel good. Because I was like, oh, wait, at least they remembered Finn still there. I thought, (laughs) uh oh, he lost that US title. I'm like, he's going to be done done and off TV for a while. But but this isn't a bad spot for him to be in. Even if we just get a tag match here eventually at a show or just maybe a couple different variations of of matches, I'd like to see, you know, a Finn Edge match. That would be fun. I don't know if we'll we'll get that, but that that could be a lot of fun. And maybe they flip flopped and you got an AJ Damian Pre, another AJ Damian Priest match. At some point down in a couple months Maybe these are all four Guys who end up being in a Money in the bank match Yeah that's you know? a good point point. And Do you think sooner or later We get a third member Of, of this Edge's faction Or do you think they, they stick with, that with Rhea. Yeah That's what yeah. I thought so too I thought so too but it, I was like well maybe they're waiting Until after the live uh, you know, I would think she, you know, she goes over on live and then maybe, but I, I think she's a natural fit. I, I'm just kind of looking at the roster thinking, you know, I, I just don't think a, a two person faction is basically just a tag team to me. I, I, I think a third one would be a right fit, but I really like the idea of these, all four of these guys going in that money in the bank match. Cause they, uh, they could do some spectacular stuff here. 
Yeah, and it would be a way to keep a feud going yes. with all of them, right? You don't, and, and you don't have to do those individual matches, like I said, but they can all kind of maybe have a tag or two along the way uh, in the weeks leading up. I, I, I feel pretty good about. I like that they had Finn come out there. This is one yes. thing that they just don't do enough in wrestling that they used to. Like, where are the baby faces sometimes when other baby faces are getting squashed? <laughs> get beat down, right? They just right. Where, where's tugboat? Where's curtain. Tugboat to come out there and help Hulk Hogan? Give me the big <laughs> boss man to yes. come out there and help Hulk Hogan when he's getting beat up, right? I want the I want the baby faces to come out there and help the other baby faces, you know? So uh Yes, yeah, as, as one man gang, aka Hakeem. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, here comes the big <laughs> boss man who just beat the Mountie. Yes, uh, you know, yes, fantastic. We got you, bro. Then the next week on Superstars or Saturday night's main event, it's Big Boss Man and Hogan versus the Mountie. And, you know, it's just and Hakeem It's fantastic. Exactly. I miss that stuff. Me, too. That's what I want. Hopefully they build off of this. Hopefully they build off of this. Yeah, because this could be a lot of fun with these four guys. And it gets at least it feels like they Finn's involved in something. Because you know he just felt felt so lost and directionless for a little bit a little while. It put him in a feud with these guys for a bit. This could be fun. We had um, Miz and Theory beat Mustafa Ali. Now it was a two on one match, and we can tell that they're trying to eventually get to Miz or eventually get to Theory and Mustafa Ali. After the match, Champa hits the ring and he attacks Ali out of nowhere. So. I don't mind what they're doing here. At least they're getting. I'm I'm kind of intrigued in where they're going. Mustafa's getting more TV time. I think the crowd. It's going to take a little while for the crowd to get completely behind him as a babyface because the guy's been off TV for a hell of a long time. And right. the last couple times we saw him, he was Retribution, and then he was doing the stuff with um with Mansoor. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. That. You know, but. We we just haven't seen him being a babyface, so he kind of came out of nowhere, and now he's a babyface again. I think if we get, if we keep giving him TV time, keep giving him a mic, there the crowd's going to get behind him, and it feels a little fresh. I, I like inserting Ali into this. I like Champa. Champa's kind of cool as the badass dude, and so if we get combinations of those guys and Theory and Miz in the mix all together, I'm I'm fine with this. I'm I'm just kind of intrigued where it's going. I'm I'm not I don't I'm not hating on this at all. No, I, I like it. Um, I, I think they're 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 we're getting there with Ali. We're definitely getting there quicker than than what we're doing with Lacey Evans and and what we saw again on Friday night. I just we need to get there because this I I don't know if this is this is helping her. But uh, what they've done with Ali, um, he he's getting there with the crowd back. It's hard to get invested in people who's been off for so long. You think they're, you know, okay, I'm going to invest in this guy, and then boom, he's gone again. I think what we're eventually going to get is a, I would like to see, you know, Miz turn face, uh, turn on uh, Austin Theory. We kind of saw, already saw him turn on, you know, mm-hmm. what, Logan Paul at, at WrestleMania. So he's got it in there. You know, Ciampa being involved is interesting. I, I don't think we get a triple threat for, for the title. I, I don't think WWE likes doing a lot of that, um, but it's fresh and new and it's exciting. And I think we're doing more to get Ali over with the crowd now, especially with him losing in a two-on-one and then Ciampa back-to-back weeks coming out and beating him. And I think we're going to get there. I think I, I'm not saying this guy's going to get back to where he was because he was hot 
before he went into that injury, man, a couple of years ago. Then Kofi Mania took over. He was. But uh, I think we're going to get there, and I, I like what they're doing. It's new. Um, so, so let's let's give it a couple of more weeks, and I, I think uh, I think we'll be good with it. I do too. I do too. We have uh, Nikki Ash, who uh, won the uh, the twenty four seven championship, then lost it back. But it looks like we're going to get. And then for the uh, the twenty four seven championship, we actually had. Like always, everybody trying to uh, to steal it. We had after um, after Dana won it back, Akira tries to roll her up. Then Truth tries to get a pin. Then Reggie tries to roll her up again at ringside, and then she announces she wants a divorce. So um, just just you know Jerry Springer uh, right here. Well, again, I'll say this. I'll say this, Gino. At least they're they're in the ring doing silly stuff instead of. Hiding behind beer coolers in the back Or in the back of an ice cream truck Out on the street And it was five minutes It was five minutes You know, I think it's okay It's a cool down moment You know, it's gonna get some laughs I'm I'm okay with it As as long as as this isn't these segments aren't 15, 20 minutes, multiple. Oh, absolutely. That or, wedding went way too long. That was no, it. When they go can't do that. 30 if the 30 second to like a five minute thing on a three hour show on Monday Night Raw. That doesn't ever bother me. I I no. actually laugh at a lot of this stuff because our truth is funny, and I I don't know. I think it was on Wrestling Inc. or somewhere. They said our truth is going to be a divorce lawyer now. That's going to be his new <laughs> gimmick. You know, like he's going to be, and and it's just I just that just makes me laugh because I'm like, yes, I can see our truth, like attorney at law or whatever. I'll get the truth out of you. You know, I can hear him like just doing something that I don't even know, but it just it just makes all too much sense that uh that's where we're going next, no doubt. We got to look at Seth Rollins appreciation night and uh, Seth said he came out there and then the crowd started chanting for Cody and he said Cody tried to steal his spotlight at WrestleMania, but he can prove uh, you can't steal it at backlash because he is the freaking spotlight and he he got at it with the crowd here. Then here comes Cody and uh, Seth, you know, got pissed off that Cody interrupted him. And Cody says that Seth feels like um, uh, Cody says that Seth feels like Rollins is about to cross a line he doesn't want to cross. And this is when he brings up Dusty Rhodes. He said yeah, he, again. yeah, yeah, he says he was an egomaniac. And <laughs> he says it looks like the apple has not fallen far from the tree. Dusty that was, was delusional, like you. He wanted to be WWE champion, but he wasn't good enough. And as long as I'm here, you're not good enough either. And that was what set Cody off. I like this because yeah, this is how I like feuds to start. They started, you had a match. One and, match out of nowhere. And right. then it was like respect sort of on both sides from the beginning. But then you could see the jealousy and, and the frustration starting to come out from Seth Rollins. You know, and more and more people are chanting Cody and then he... Cody thinks he got the better of Seth And so it's really easy simple Build now Seth goes Goes and crosses the line and says stuff About Dusty which is really funny because you know Seth was like one of Dusty's guys down in NXT yes. You know like yes. he really loved him So this all it did kind of make me smirk Because I know that Dusty's probably I don't know this but I, I'd imagine Dusty is probably looking down going Rollins you son of a bitch you know like on, yeah. <laughs> like but he loved it I'm sure I'm sure he got a, a grin On his face going you mother I took him I went to the pay window man I went to the pay window <laughs> As uh Bobby Lashley 
beat Cedric Alexander. Cedric was trying to get back into the good graces of MVP by beating Lashley, but that was not the case here. And uh, we are going to get a Lashley Omos match again at the pay per view. So, what do you think about everything we've been seeing with? Uh, I mean, I I care more about Omos with MVP there, but it's still not doing. I think what they want it to be doing. Well, for them to for if to to get Omos over, uh, he's going to have to go over Bobby Lashley on this pay per view. Um, you, you, I don't know what kind of squirrely ending you could have I, looking at this card. I don't know if Seth Cody is going to be a squirrely ending because I would assume that's going to end it. Uh, as I said earlier in hell in a cell, I do think Cody's probably, if it's not a squirrely ending, I think Cody goes over. So does Omos Lashley end in a silly DQ where MVP gets involved where you protect both guys at the end? I don't think we get Omos and Lashley in a hell in a cell. That doesn't do anything for me. But if you're really pushing Omos, he's eventually going to have to start getting some wins over some people. And one of them would probably have to be Bobby Lashley on Sunday. Yeah, you know, it, it, it helps, definitely helps with MVP. But man, it's just hard for me to get in into this. You know, it just it's because I like Bobby Lashley. Me too. And they and you don't just I don't want him to come out of this with feeling like he's lesser for it. Yeah, because where does he go from here with some big pay-per-views coming up? He's probably gonna be in the money in the bank ladder match. Mm -hmm. I would assume he's he's gotta be. Um, but uh, man, I don't know. This is uh I again if they're behind Omos and they have some plans for him. He's going to have to go over somebody. And I think Lashley would be the guy to go over on Sunday. I think he yep. goes over Lashley. Let's go on over to, well, so I guess we can just finish up by uh, running through. We've got Charlotte, Ronda this week. So these are the six matches that are on the card so far for WrestleMania Backlash. Charlotte, Ronda, Cody versus Seth freaking Rollins, Drew McIntyre and RK Bro versus the Bloodline, AJ Styles versus Edge, Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss, and Bobby Lashley versus Omos. So, I, I mean, the Charlotte, Ronda, Cody, Seth, the tag match, the six man tag, and the AJ Edge could all be really, really good. And sure. we, it wouldn't surprise me if Corbin and Madcap Moss is better than what people would expect it to be on paper, because we've seen Happy Corbin actually, I mean, we've seen Madcap Moss actually kind of overachieve in the ring when he's been out there and given a little bit of time. So it, it shouldn't be a bad show or a waste of time or anything like that. It just doesn't feel like there's all that much. There's not much as far as the titles are concerned. And I mean, if I, I don't, I guess the one thing to mention about the, the women's match I don't like having that stipulation for Ronda and Charlotte. I don't like having an I quit match for them. I'd be fine having a submissions match where even somebody has to tap out. I hate yeah. saying I quit with with two with those two women. Charlotte, because I don't think it's gonna be Ronda, right? So I can't imagine they're gonna have Ronda say I quit. They're gonna have Charlotte say I quit. She's the heel. But do you do you really want Charlotte Flair saying I quit as one of your top Females, you know she's always going to be in the mix for you, and it's not like a big deal when she's playing a heel. But I don't, I don't think she needs to. I, maybe it's just me, and maybe it's not that big of a deal. But it kind of bothers me thinking that they. I, I think we're on a slippery slope here with, yeah. with this feud, um, especially um, at a pay per view like this. Um, backlash. Uh, 
maybe we get Charlotte. Maybe that's the women's side of it is Charlotte and Ronda in a, in a hell in a cell. But is that the rematch? Who wins this match on Sunday? Do we have a new champion or does Charlotte retain? And if so, either way, do you want to see them in a hell in a cell? Because it would have to be somebody I think, have to help Charlotte win if, if Ronda, I, I don't know. This, I this think is, Ronda this wins. Is interesting. I so think Ronda okay. wins the title. Okay. I think Ronda's Ronda it's either Ronda winning or some chicanery, right? Like with I, I, I always think about the, the I quit match when the rock recorded Mick Foley. Oh, that was saying, the best. I quit. And then he played it during it and it I quit, I quit. So I could see something like that where Charlotte has like a recording of Rhonda. Saying like I'm never gonna say I quit You know and she's like edited it To where she just has got Ronda's voice saying that And then we have a Hell in a Cell Or Ronda beats Charlotte And then they have like their third match In the Hell in a Cell and Ronda just ends up winning And maybe that's like a Where Ronda starts becoming a heel A little more heelish And I think that's the- I, 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 Before the show I was trying to look at some backlash odds And I found, found a couple of legitimate sites And one of them had Ronda as a heavy, heavy favorite, like minus four, minus 500 in this match. So I was a little surprised there because if that happens and, you know, do we, do you get a payoff at Hell in a Cell? Do you let, can you afford Charlotte to be away? What does that do for, you know, SmackDown? Uh, if Charlotte is not on there because lover or hater, she, She's in a lot of high-rated segments every Friday. A lot of her YouTube numbers, social media numbers are really, really good, like I said, whether you love her or hate her. So what happens after this? That, that's why I thought it was a, a, an interesting number for Ronda to be a heavy favorite hit here. So I I would prefer Charlotte saying I quit over Ronda, and I'm not a Ronda fan at all, but it would make sense for the Hill to do it because if Ronda does it, She's done. You cannot. Ronda cannot. Yes. There's no way. You can't have in the first round in the UFC for UFC. Your legitimate baddest woman on the planet days are officially no way. Yeah. And even if they do something schmozzy, I don't like the way that comes off. That's why I hate. You can't do it. I hate the I quit. I would have been better with a, a last woman standing. You know, yeah, something like that. Like you said, where you know the handcuffs come out, they get locked on the rope, or and if you're gonna have Ronda lose, then she doesn't even have to tap out. She could just pass out. You know, pass out, sure. And sh- or Charlotte could tap out. That's fine. But then after you know, Charlotte could do the whole other. I was fixing my bra. I was fixing my bra. That was, that was good. But she was been saying <laughs> for a, a, a while. So uh, let's get on over to NXT. We are are coming off of spring breaking. And I thought there were some positives throughout the show Some things that I didn't really love The triple threat match literally felt like a, a pay-per-view type match And Solo Sokoa is over, man Yeah, yeah he's he over And I feel I feel a little bit bad for Cameron Grimes Because it seems like they he got the belt just a little after when he should have You know, like he was yeah, over it, 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 You know, you make a good point because look how hot on the main roster, the bloodline has been for quite a while, and they're still over. By now, yep. if this is another promotion or another superstar, there there's no good heat or good pop at all. But Roman Reigns still has it. So do the Usos. And I, I, I'm with you. As much as I like Cameron Grimes, I thought Solo was was coming out of this as champion. 
This guy's yeah. over. This kid's over. He he's got to get that belt soon, I think. And Carmelo's really good too. I just I wonder if they. I mean, Carmelo's a star. Yeah, yeah I would. Is. Again, I I think it was on Wrestling Inc. So I want to make sure I give people credit if I can always remember. But I would love Carmelo doing the the gimmick on the main roster with like the IC title or the US title, saying that this is the number one title. Like he was doing, you know, just like acting like it was like how Miz would do with the IC championship before and say like this is the main event title. And that would that would feel really a lot better than everything they're doing with them right now with the with those belts. But I thought this was a really good match. Nathan Frazier's got a little something to him. I don't mind him. He's a, he's kind of a fun baby face here. He had a match against Grayson Waller and our boys from uh, Chase U and uh, <laughs> uh Kind of get distracting and, and getting involved So I will say I, I I have some split Feelings here because I like Nathan Frazier I think he's a, yeah. a good new baby face And it'll, and it'll really fun Really energetic I like Chase U I do feel like Grayson Waller is a little bit above these guys though You know he yeah This is an interesting decision Here to put Frazier over Yeah because he Waller was so built up man Waller was Gargano, AJ Styles. He's wrestling like he he had a he lot of guys Raw, right? putting him over. Yeah, he was on Raw, Raw. and yeah. now he just feels like he's kind of floundering a little bit. I don't know if maybe they got cold on him or if they have uh, plans for him moving forward. We got a lot of packages, video packages for the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament, and I think that the tournament will be good. The these videos and I, I saw someone <laughs> online mentioned it too. They're kind of Kind of quirky It's they like are. They're very Like 1980s WWF Like everybody's got An occupation Like yes. everybody's yes. Everybody's got a job Like this is a bar <laughs> You know what I mean Like she's a bartender a and it's, a, it's just like And she's so, cleaning the glass Yeah you know She's doing yeah. it like Yeah Yeah You know She don't have a bar back She does it all <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just thought they, they were funny And we're gonna see the uh, The breakout tournament Coming soon and that'll be good like I, I love tournaments and the When NXT has done Tournaments they've done them a little bit better than the main Roster because sometimes mid the main yes. roster will, will have a match or two that they have a Roll up finish or kind of goofy stuff When we got tournaments in NXT Or just uh, the cruiserweight Classic and uh, the, the May Young classic and, and some of those Those were treated very Seriously they were really well done and the Dusty classics are usually pretty good. This year's was a little wonky. We talked about how we didn't like what they did at the end with the the tag teams tra- trading it in and going for the title instead. It's like yes. what? What you yeah. can do this? This, is, this isn't Austin Aries option C. Get out of here! You know we no no way for that. Now, Cora Jade and Nikita Lyons beat Natty and Lash Legend. What was funny about this is it's not. I don't think Cora Jade is. In a bad spot like she's not getting over I think she's fine like the crowd likes her But this really felt like when they used to Put somebody either with Hogan or <laughs> you know, like Get the rub because everybody loves yeah. Nikita everybody yeah. loves Nikita and everyone cheers her and No one wants to boo her so if you want Somebody to get cheered and come off like a, like a true baby face put them With Nikita and you could see her And Cora had a fun little back and forth And they were you know the baby faces Here so I, I just kind of I don't know if yeah. that was really the case, yeah, but it, it you know, reminded me of El Matador, Tito Santana, and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> would do Hogan tonight against, against Big John Stud and, and, you know, someone. 
Um, yeah, that, that, that's earthquake. what it does. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it gets earthquake. Yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> That's a good call. That was funny. That that was great. So Cora and Nikita get the win. The match wasn't bad. Lash had a couple spots that were a little sloppy here and there. She's yeah, still she's green. she's still green. Yeah, but let me tell you who's not well. She may be, but she hides it well. Is Nikita's over, man? Holy cow! Do they got a fireball in her? They Ooh. do. She just feels like she's so unique. And out you know? of nowhere, too, because her early vignettes of her being like a roadie or being, you know, touring with bands. I'm like, eh, and then when we got to see her in the ring and personality, I'm like, oh, yeah, yep, star. She's just got charisma all over the place. We uh, saw a black SUV at a restaurant. <laughs> uh, this this was so corny and campy, but I laughed. Yeah. I love the sit down yeah. with the families here. Yeah. We got Legado del Fantasma. So uh, Santos, Electra, Lopez, Cruz, and Joaquin Wild, And then... We've got Tony D with Galante, Donovan, and Lorenzo. And uh, they're all in the restaurant. And Santos is asking why Galante's even there. And Tony says, this is my consigliere. I, 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 I use him for <laughs> advice. And, and, uh, and so they, uh, they try to talk it out. They try to come to an agreement and settle things. But uh, Tony's willing to look past the disrespect. They you know, talk a little back and forth. And Tony asks AJ Galante what he thinks, and he says that this is best for business. And they uh, they share a drink, <laughs> and they uh, walk out. It was, I mean, bad, like can't be bad. It just made me laugh a, a lot. Like, I I think it was one where it's like on paper, it it looks good, and it's the idea yeah. is good. And I don't, I'm never gonna really get mad at them for trying things. I'm just going to say it wasn't that great. They could have Galante <laughs> is just not very good like no. in segments and skits yet. Like he's not an actor. And so he comes off very like stiff, you know, yeah. and robotic, uh, very robotic. But, yeah. But the Tony D stuff makes me laugh. And I do enjoy this whole like the families like battling. I do too. It, it, I, do too. I get a kick out of it. Um so we uh we then got the Viking Raiders versus the Creed Brothers. This was this was a lot of fun, man. And the, yeah, it was the Creed Brothers are showing a little bit more personality. They have to now. There's no Malcolm Bivens, right? <laughs> so we're, we're seeing them like, kid. We're live, pal. yeah, it's hey, like, oh, Roderick hey, by the way, Strong, now you guys, we, we've been told that Roderick Strong wants out. So, uh, yeah, you're we're live, pal. It's all yep. you, <laughs> all, all you fellas, and um. We we're seeing them lower the straps now, like angle and like uh, you know, a lot of people have done through the years. Yeah. I thought I really, really enjoy what WWE has been doing in NXT recently with bringing down the talents like this that are being underutilized on the main roster because they come down in NXT, they still feel like they're a big deal because they're from the main roster, and by beating these teams and in just competing with them, it gets your NXT guys over a little bit more. Just like what we were saying with Grayson Waller. You put him in the ring with AJ Styles, and it it feels like something. It feels like they at least think he's something. And now the Viking Raiders, they've been sort of lost in the shuffle, but they were good in NXT. They were a really fun, strong tag team before coming to WWE. And this this was good for the Creed Brothers. They pick up a win. They look good. And... Then uh, we see the hooded figure that attacked Eric was, in fact, Roderick Strong. So 
they get upset and because they they just want to be you know wrestlers, baby faces. They want to win fair and square. They uh, and I think that may may get them over. They're gonna need a little something too. Our buddy Andrew Champagne was saying they're kind of bland, and I I don't disagree. I I just don't know. If they can do more on the mic the way they want to present them Or if they're going to have somebody else Because wrestling wise They are an awesome tag team I would love to see them be on Monday Night Raw And Smackdown for 10 to 15 years Wrestling and tag team matches I think they're badass And they like from a strength wise And a physical like freak Status Vince I feel like Vince will like what they can do I think we all do I, I think that's why we were so upset that stand and deliver that they didn't win the tag team titles. And that shows you how hot and popular they are. And they're still there. And I'm with you, the Viking Raiders. Look, it's better than being in a goofy segment, chasing the 24-7 title, or lo- knowing you're going to lose uh, to, uh, you know, the Usos, uh, Street Profits, you know, RK-Bro. Because when they go down to NXT, you're not you're not expecting them to lose. I thought, okay, something may happen here. But it was a really it was a high point of the show to see this match. I don't know I don't know what's happening here with the Roderick Strong stuff. We know he's very unhappy, um, and he's trying to get out. But again, kudos to WWE for for putting people in meaningful storylines that doesn't have anything to do with the titles because they've been known. To shelf people that way And they could have done that with the Creed brothers After stand and deliver But they didn't And these guys uh, are are showing their worth now I thought it was one of the high points of the show We finish up with uh, Oh first up You got AJ Galanti in the parking lot And uh, he was by himself there Santos wants to talk So he calls him over He says I know you're an important part of Tony D's crew And it would be bad if Tony lost you and your wisdom They shake hands but then he knees him in the gut And they throw him in the back of the SUV And the SUV pulls away So we got another, we got a lot of kidnappings Recently, <laughs> right? I mean, Rick Steiner was kidnapped Now we got, uh, we've seen Tony Throwing guys in the back of the Of, of trunks, and now We got uh, another one We got AJ Galante being uh, Kidnapped here <laughs> by Legato We finish up We got another um, vignette for Alba Fire, I don't like this no, I don't. I no. don't mind if she was doing this on her way to the main roster. I would be True. okay with that. I still don't. I still wouldn't love it. But I know, and I guess it comes off better that she's at least trying to explain it. Hey, I'm gonna come out with this new name because I want to sort of start over. It's like a family thing. That's better than what you were just saying. All of a sudden, Akeem is uh, the one man gang. <laughs> one is just man Akeem. Gang. It's like what the <laughs> oh hell. Wait what? what? This white guy is pretending to be from Africa Dust- with, and he's like doing the managers? Dusty Rhodes mannerisms. Okay. You know, they're trying to make yeah. fun of Dusty with the way yes. he talks and talks, and oh, <laughs> just funny stuff. But uh, we did get a little backstage because uh, vignette with our boys Bricks, uh, Briggs, and Brooks Mamoria. And they, <laughs> this was just goofy. They said that he looked at his hand and. They said oh, yeah. that maybe he's going to be hurt for 10 to 12 weeks But they said wait no The muscles in your right hand over there are pretty strong, strong. What, are you, what are you doing over there Insinuating that he might have been Stroking the salami or something You know <laughs> over there And they look at each other like oh 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 Okay only 6 to 8 weeks And they're all pumped up so uh, 
we probably won't see them in the ring, but we may get some vignettes with these guys in the uh, in the coming weeks. The main event: Ron Breaker beats Joe Gacy with a, a big spear. It was fine. It was just like anticlimactic, right? I just yeah. this, I just had hadn't gotten really into this. It wasn't all. a bad match. No, no, the match yes. totally isolated. The match was fine, sure. right? The build and everything to it didn't love, and then I what hope we're not getting. Something wonky because right after we got two hooded yeah. people that are on the apron with Toys their face. Or, yeah, what are we doing? Uh, it, is that I Gacy hope, involved or is this something please. else? Because now Harland has been released. Right, he's gone, so it ain't him. And that's something that's worth mentioning. We didn't at the beginning. There have been another round of WWE and NXT releases recently. Persia. Persia Pilata. Persia uh, and, Dexter, and Loomis. Dexter Loomis And then we have an Indy Hartwell Duke Hudson segment And these, they're probably going to hook up And I went wait a minute Swingers baby Swingers what? They were sort of <laughs> It's funny because I almost wondered When we were seeing the the segments That they were having with them two And with, with Persia and with uh, and with Loomis That if they were going to go I think we joked about it like a, a, a swap you know, yeah, you yeah. two and us two, and it sort of felt like they were teasing it on like N- sex NXT, you know, which is what <laughs> what what it is some weeks. But now they might actually be able to still get there even without the other two. Uh, <laughs> no doubt they're going there inevitably, and uh, on the uh, the swap there, the partner swap. Let's uh let's swap uh shows and head on over to AEW May the fourth AEW. We got Jeff Hardy opening the show with the uh, win in the Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament Qualifier. So Hardy has moved along. We've got but Hardy, Dax. We've got Hardy, Darby. Think in the next one. We've got Dax and Adam Cole in uh, another. And we still have one Joker that's remaining. And the other half of the bracket that's, uh, that's being completed there. Uh, Ray Phoenix. Gets the win, so he's uh, on that side also. What'd you think about uh, Hardy beating Bobby Fish to kick things off? I'm gonna, just going to be honest with you. Um, I'm not not going to hold back. I, I thought this was one of the the worst AEW Dynamite live shows in a while, and the ratings showed it. I mean, we're we're below nine hundred thousand now. Wow. And, and and I know, I I know, I know, I know what's going on. There's. There's two NBA games. There's you know Thursday night. No, but we can't any. we can't do that can't because all, that's not NBA isn't football. That's no, the thing. NBA not. gets good ratings, sure, but it's not like football. Okay, there are a is, lot of yeah. Yeah, this is the first round, right? Or, no, this is start. We're of the just round. into the start of the second round. Games two, right. games one and two of the second yeah, round yeah, have just I, happened. I, I really don't get infested. I do a little betting here and there on some of these games, especially with some player props you could find. But I don't get invested until we're at the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals, right? That that's when I really get involved. I just I, I don't know. We we've been so tag heavy with with Jeff and Matt. Then they were off TV for a couple of weeks. I, I just didn't think this match was it was okay. There were a botch or two, but it just really it didn't feel like a AEW dynamite starting match to me. I, I don't know, but it's funny because there were rumors that Jeff Hardy was not happy already and was whether it was wrong or right, or maybe his agent leaked it out. I don't know. And all he, of gets a sudden, a, he opens the show, gets a win, he and he's the in the show, tournament. He's in, he's, in the, he's, in a, he's in a singles tournament, right? Mm-hmm. So I just, 
I, I'm okay with the result. It's just these guys are so tag heavy, even with O'Reilly. And maybe we'll get the Young Bucks and the Hardy. That's the payoff versus the Hardys. And that's probably the payoff at, at double or nothing. But it just didn't feel like a good opening pop segment match to me. I thought the next video, the video they did with uh, William Regal, I loved it. I thought it was sure. awesome. Oh, where he was like, fantastic. he said, you know, we don't want to stab you. We want to we want to scratch you right across the face because that way you're going to see it every day. And it's going to remind you of the pain that we brought you. It's like, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> I love fantastic. it. My, my only my only problem is with this is just I feel like. The they, need to do they need to do something. They need to do something. Yep, I'm sorry. Hunt, it's exactly where I was going. I like the pairing. I like what we're doing. But we're Absolutely. now about at the time where these guys need to go they face to the the House of Black or yeah, the Young Bucks or the Elite, the uh, the the Jungle Express with Christian. Absolutely, I would, put the straps I, on them. Get it off. I would that. love yeah. that. Right, get these three guys and have them feud with that trio, and they could win the tag titles. And have some trios matches with Christian involved too. That would be really cool. And that yeah. could lead to Christian and Jungle Boy turning. I just think we can't, I don't want to see more than two weeks of this anymore, squashing stuff for them. They need to have a little bit of a purpose. This is, yeah, when we are consistent with this everywhere. We did the same thing with CM Punk at the beginning, right? Sure. It's fun for a little bit. We, these guys all came together. There's a little honeymoon period, and then it starts to wear off if you don't have real substance. So let's have some purpose for these guys a little bit. I mean, even I know they're involved, but there are so many trios out there that you could have this group feud with. I'd love to see them down the line have just some battles with Santana Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. That would be a lot of fun. Those three guys. So let's start getting them into feuds with some purpose here. They uh, they picked up the win over the Butcher Blade and Angelico, as you said, Coop. They haven't been across from any teams yet that you would have had thought had any legitimate chance of beating them whatsoever. So let's let's see them get a uh, uh, a little challenge or a test coming soon. We got Keith Lee and Swerve. This worries me a little bit. I mean, at least they popped up here, but Keith Lee, they're going to be a team, and they could be a really fun team. But he said. Bask in the or swerve, swerve in the glory, swerve in the glory. So they have a sort of a, a joint um, little catchphrase now. These two guys felt like they could have been or they could be big top single stars for companies, and that's my my only worry with this is that everybody wanted them to get out of WWE or NXT or <laughs> how could they release them or how could a company not push guys like this. And we see a company not really pushing guys like this. Yeah, and I think there's some concern on Keith Lee's side. Health-wise. Uh, yeah, health-wise. Um, uh, when when Dave Meltzer is out there blasting you um, and he's blasting some AEW people, it, it's not a good sign. And it, it's just become uh, – hopefully whatever is, in, is going on there, it gets fixed because the guy just had all the momentum in the world. And NXT, and we thought for sure this guy is a future WWE World Champion, and he's not getting very many matches on television, and he he's been delegated now to Friday Night Rampages, who a lot of people are not paying attention to. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with uh, these two going forward, because you've got a pay per view at, 
Memorial Day weekend to double or nothing, right? Yeah, Las Vegas. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what they do with these two. Um, you know, they need to probably be in the tag team picture, but the thing about it is so do several others, you know, several other people. So, uh, yeah, they they definitely feel real, real cold right now to me. But we'll, we'll – just get them in the ring on on Wednesday. I know night. these vignettes don't do anything for AEW uh, wrestlers. It just doesn't. We know that they have to be in the ring. They've done a good job with Wardlow, and he's getting. Oh, more he's and more. over. He's, he's over. over, man. They Wardlow. Yeah, he's Wardlow. Over. They're doing the Goldberg chance for him when he comes when and and the way it looks now when they bring him in with the handcuffs, it is pretty cool. He looks like he looks like a a crazed. Maniac from death row That you gotta bring in and let You know it's like some suicide squad Stuff where he's like some bad guy that you just Gotta let him come in and kill all the other Bad guys I I like it I really do And um, we'll be critical of plenty Of stuff on AEW I think they've done a really Great job with Wardlow He feels over as can be And and let's give it up to MJF He's getting Wardlow over he, 100%. Is, he has been sacrificing some from himself as a heel to help get this guy over, and it'll be great for them both in the long run here. And uh, Wardlow had a match against a surprise opponent, and MJF says he he was so great. He says, uh, "I'd be lying if I said I was happy to be here. I'd be a lying piece of shit if I said I was happy to be here." <laughs> I think Jr. said, "Well, we've already established that he is one of them, you know, <laughs> right there." <laughs> And uh, so he introduces William Morrissey, and you can't (laughs) teach teach that that. big Kaz, who is in great shape right now. Sure, he looks physically, he looks great. He lost a little bit of that beer belly that he used to have, a little bit of that gut. He's been doing work on the indies and in Impact, and he's been, you know, treated like a, you know, kind of top, you know, towards the top in Impact. Like he's been getting like singles matches and and big opportunities and. So he's out here to face Wardlow, and they have a they have a pretty solid match, like a fun back and forth for a couple big men. Wardlow is so physically impressive. We get the boss man slam from Morrissey. We have huge. We want Enzo. No, oh, we yeah. don't. We <laughs> want Enzo. No, we don't. Chance here, and Wardlow gets up on the top turnbuckle, or he gets set up. They they put him up on the top turnbuckle. He hits a moonsault and then a huge power bomb. Man, he physically he looks great. I thought uh, yeah. Big Cass looked fine in here too. He did the job that he was supposed to, but the problem is you bring you bring someone in like him and then he gets beat pretty handily early on. I don't I don't know if they're if they have plans for a big cast run. Like, is he all elite or was just just like one of those things where you bring him in for the match to be that guy and then he's not part of the roster? I, I think that's I, what I, I yeah, I think he's on impact. Yeah, because I don't think he's yeah, I don't so I don't think he's someone who we're gonna see on AEW a whole heck of a lot. I think this was just like for the surprise, kind of somebody big off the roster and uh, who had a little bit of notoriety. So post match, Wardlow attacks all the security and um he uh then uh he tells Wardlow that he could have a match. He says he's gonna give him conditions and a contract signing next week for their match. So we'll have MJF do like he's always done, right? He he makes people have to beat a bunch of guys on the way to get the match with him. So we'll we'll have a, an interesting contract signing next week. Checked in with Britt 
backstage. I mean, this was okay. Like, this is just so quick. We it felt yeah. like we've been that we've done the same thing with these women for like three weeks in a row almost. And does Tony feel like a big deal to you right now? Not at all. She came in, was supposed to be, oh, cool, she's going to be one of the top women in the uh, in the division. Not much. Ruby, she's trying here, but yeah, I they haven't done, knows. you know, yeah, she's just been in a not the greatest spot. We then got the one of the interesting things that happened. Hangman Page comes out, and there's no CM Punk on the show because Punk is was filming a TV show, I believe, and yes. he he mentioned that he said Punk's not here because he's. Somewhere filming another show But he says uh, You know it'd be easy for me to come out here and say how much I respect CM Punk And at double or nothing we're going to have this great match But there won't be a handshake There won't be a masturbatory <laughs> Bret Hart tribute match <laughs> I'm going to Destroy CM Punk He says the fans will be asking For their refund If they have their Punk shirts on after this match He hates to be the bearer of bad news Punk isn't here tonight He's going to embarrass Punk And he's got so he's a fight a so He's, he's a, heel a heel now And I actually like this yeah. This was this was the the most interested I've been in Hangman Page since he won the title Just in him saying like Because now for the next few weeks he can say All of you wanted me to win the title You screamed my name, you chanted my name I got the belt and then you just Gave up on me? You want this Punk? This is a good way to try to save him you Punk's know? your guy? No, I And so Hangman should absolutely lose Or maybe I know AEW doesn't really do it like that Maybe he does a really cheap Cheating win And it's maybe the Bucks help him I don't know Or maybe there's some Maybe all Maybe uh, Yeah elite Bucks and, and Kenny him. show up right yeah. And he's a heel And and they're And he keeps the title And then Punk keeps chasing it for a little while Maybe that's the way they go But they needed to make him They needed to change Adam Page He was just too too bland and boring in a he was he was never going to be the top baby face in a world where you had CM Punk right now it just it what he was never going to feel bigger than him so at least now I, I like this version of him a little bit better I thought this was good it was better than what we've been getting mm-hmm. I'll say that yeah L- let's see if he stays full I, I hope still... he does go fully heal I don't want to hear if he does if he does then does he have to keep the title I I what would, would do, you it. do now. What would you I would do, do that if I would make him go fully heel. I'd have Punk look like he was about to win, and then Page kick him in the balls or something. It's really blatant, you know, was, just a I cheap was, shit type of win, you know, I to think, keep the belt. I think Punk needs the title. Here's here's the problem, and I agree with this. Punk needs yeah. to win it soon. I would rather do it. What's I'm, it's hard because what's better for the company is not what's better for Hangman Page. Right, as a wrestler and a and long term. So if you're doing what's best for the company, you just go put the title on CM Punk right now. If you're I, worried I, still about Page as a guy that you want not to just be completely lost in the shuffle, I could see them having him win cheaply, and then at least you have him for another month or two strong as a heel champ, and then you have Punk beat him. But if you want Punk, I. I your decision, your choice, I think is the better choice overall for the TV, for the company, for like what's more entertaining. But I don't think they go there after this promo. I, I, I think Hangman cheats to win. Um, end of the summer, we get Omega Hangman again. Um, I, I just, I think, I just think they convolute this with the elite stuff. Uh, you have Cole there. I, I just, 
here's the problem though. You've had Hangman beat Cole. Uh, Hangman had you know beat Omega, and then they're all in this happy group again. But still, you have the guys that are arguing with each other week in and week out, and they don't get along. I, I just a full fledged heel Hangman Page as your champion all summer. I just don't know. I, I don't know. I can tell you this: if Hangman wins and then tries to be face again after this, he's done. I don't care what title he has; it's just not going to work. So he either goes full heel, joins the elite because he can't just be the the Lone Ranger bad guy, um, or CM Punk wins. I, I, for overall, and you want ratings, I, I think Punk needs the title. But I have a strong feeling now that. Uh, it, it's going the other way with Hangman. And I tell you what, they've done the right thing. If Hangman is going full here, full hill here, uh, bravo for AEW for seeing this because Hangman was sinking, man. He, he was, was not he doing was. well. You got it. You had to freshen him up in some way, shape, or form. And he does. I'm, I'm not saying this isn't fantastic or this is the greatest thing in the world, but it's a hell of a lot better than where he was a few weeks ago where he just felt like he was a, a lame duck champion. You know? Yeah. Just. With, with nothing to look forward to We did get a little backstage Where Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal Were, were mad because Takashita Was uh, was getting a, a little promo They said how come there's no more focus on them How come they don't roll out the red carpet Samoa Joe responded And said that Jay Lethal uh, I'm coming for you on Friday Hulk Hogan I'm coming for you <laughs> As uh, Booker T once said He's coming for him this weekend uh, On Friday Santana Jericho Anytime they come out and they got that little intro Where the one guy from 2.0 goes The Jericho Appreciation Society The worldwide <laughs> leader in sports and entertainment I just love That guy's voice makes me just chuckle Because it's just such a It can't be real It's like the guy doing doing the Stereotypical Hey this is what we gonna do here You know I just I, I love it It makes me laugh Jericho cheats to get the win here He uh um, he hits a low blow and then the Judas effect. So he picks up the win and they uh they attack afterwards five on two. They lay out Santana and Ortiz. No Kingston here. They were sort of selling his uh uh I think injury, so he's off for a, a little bit. I imagine he'll come back uh and, and they'll continue to build something up in the pay-per-view for them. It's fine. I don't really it, it just doesn't feel all that important. No, I I mean Jericho's Jericho probably needs to be on as much as he can. Uh, you know, I, I did go see him in concert last Friday night. I'll tell you. And how was uh, you inter- and you interviewed uh, Fabio yeah, last week? So tell uh, us about the last it, week of Jericho, the week uh, of Jericho. As much as a wrestling fan, Chris Jericho is, and I've interviewed him multiple times throughout his musical career with Fozzy because it's interesting. It started like a, a an Ozzy Osbourne tribute band, and it's grown into now Fozzy has had four or five songs, top 10 Billboard Rock Radio uh, hits. But he's just a massive rock music historian, too. As much as he loves wrestling, he loves rock music. So I got to see him last Friday night. And Fozzie has become just so much, you know, I, I saw them several several years ago, seven or eight years ago. They weren't very good. They were just guys. But now they have, like, okay, they've had some songs and some hits. Um, and they did a fantastic job. They sounded really well. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with this feud. I guess it, it keeps Jericho on TV, but I don't know where you go with this. You know, I, it just yeah. it seems like we're so 
we've been involved with this for for over a year now, and it just seems I know. You know do we get a Jericho Kingston payoff? I don't know. It just seems like it's just it, it's a time feeler right now. Mm-hmm. I that when Jericho walked out because I the the few times what I would watch New Japan was in that little bit of period where Jericho went over there for a little while sure. and, and Jim sure. Ross was calling some of the shows here and there too and then they yeah. were doing a lot more English commentary Kevin Kelly was doing stuff too so I um I I would I, I would get it I would get a kick out of waking up really early or like I think they would start at like midnight Pacific time and I would watch them from like midnight to four in the morning or five in the morning and I'd have a fun time watching the shows and I remember when Jericho walked out at in New Japan, the Tokyo Dome, and he had his own song, and he was walking out singing Judas for the first. Like yeah. I remember seeing it, I thought, how cool for him to be singing his own song as he's walking out. And you know, I am, you are beautiful, <laughs> and I actually liked their one of their earlier songs too. Um, that was the cover SOS. Which S-O-S, isn't bad. Yeah. It's actually pretty like and if you need me, darling, can you hear I, I, me? You know SOS. Bobby, on their on the new record that they have coming out and they played they played this song at uh at, at the show. It's it's part of their live show, is Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. That's that's their next cover on this. Awesome. It's fantastic. It's really yeah. fantastic. Yeah. When you gone, how can I yeah, the, he's an entertainer. <laughs> Jericho knows yeah, how to entertain, right? He does. So um Jericho picks up the win there. We got the Varsity Blondes versus the House of Black again. This this feels like Joe Gacy stuff ish to me. You know, it all yeah, sort of good. jumbles together. They were supposed to. Did we even have like we had Malachi staring him down? Then Buddy goes and gets Julia Hart. Brody King gives her a chair, and then they rip away the eye patch and scream. And they're like trash. They're like they kind of. Badgering her and then here comes death triangle And they chase away the house of black I don't know I I will I I have heard An interesting rumor about buddy Buddy Murphy buddy Matthews That he and Rhea Ripley are now an item Oh That's 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 the twitter Okay Okay. okay, We'll have to look into that a little bit more And and investigate there This is is not AEW stuff To me this is not what this promotion Was built on this seems very very WWE-ish mm-hmm. And not even like the good When they good do way. the good no. No, no, the good like magic-y stuff Yeah, if it's cheesy At least the effects are, are Well done The production is really good yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Mark Sterling was backstage with Man, Jade Cargill was like Whew. The stuff that she was wearing Or like not wearing <laughs> is probably a better way of putting it Like she she plays a game to see the, like the least amount of clothing that she could possibly get on national TV each and every week, right? <laughs> she just like barely covers herself up. She's in fantastic shape. She looks great. She looks like a star. And you know what? I will say that the other two in here, Red Velvet and um, uh, Red Velvet and who, I, I forget the third uh, who is in there. They they're, see, yeah, they're the baddies. It's the baddies. Red- uh, is it Kira Hogan? Kira, yep, yep. Yeah, they seem yeah. just a lot more like confident. They were, I, I like the way they were presented or, and came off in this little hell. You, you look at this, and then you looked at the segment with Brit and all them, and it just she feels like she's being presented and treated like a way bigger star than the other or, girls hey, are. We'll we'll come we'll get to the segment a little bit. Or how about even bigger Thunder, than Thunder Rosa? Abs- that's not. I I I got Thunder Rosa stacked below. That's bad. 
below. Man, she had all the firepower coming into AEW, and has just been so flat, so flat as a champion. You know, such a such a bummer. We got a Ray Phoenix, Dante Martin, Owen Hart Cup qualifier there, and Ray I'm glad Phoenix. To see Phoenix back. I'll say, yeah. I'll say that. I'm glad to see him back. This is the kind of stuff that you expect a little bit more from AEW matches like this yes. on every episode, yes. right? Where you're going to have some uh, some high flying here. Thunder Rosa comes out. She tells her story, and she mentions that she calls out Serena Deeb, and Serena says that the ta- um. The title suggests that she's the best in the world She's on another level And that Rose is going to have the shortest reign in history Double or nothing, she's taking the title Hey, I thought Nyla Rose Was the number one contender Right? Where did this? But maybe not Yeah, so know. did I I mean, They're this just have a match Maybe they did Oh, wait Was it Rampage? Was it? Was oh, it was the Battle, Battle of the, the Belts. Belts The Battle of the Belts a few oh, weeks back Yeah, that's what it was But that's what we bad. mean is that we're not even We you don't even know. really know We're watching these shows no. every week and we're kind of forgetting and <laughs> No, no She just. Um, I, do, do you think Serena gets the title here? They make the change this quick Or they go with Thunder Rosa They put a lot of investment in Thunder Rosa But I, I tell know. you what, they've done the same with Serena They have pushed her, she's looked very, very good Over You know, the Serena D What, two minute challenge or five minute challenge I don't know, man. I this know. This is interesting. She, she feels. I, I just. The belt don't. needs to be on Tony Storm here pretty quick. It does. It needs to be on someone else or just back to Britt if that's yeah. the case because Very she's quick. she's definitely the uh, the most over of these females. Mercedes Martinez versus Diana Prazo for the uh, Ring of Honor Women's World Championship, the Undisputed. And I understand where you want to. Give women the women a showcase and stuff but Like these aren't the women on your roster Really that you you use a lot Mercedes is sure she's she's There sometimes but Deanna's not Even on your roster all the time And so you have them in a main event match I don't I don't know If that's a good use of Your television time to build Your company right it, Like I, I respect I, that I think both These women are great question. They're great. Sure. They're both awesome in the ring. Deanna Prazo is fantastic. Mercedes is great. The match was good. I have no problem with it. I just don't know if that's the match you want to can to build your AEW company going off the air. It's two women who aren't on your TV a whole heck of a lot wrestling for the Ring of Honor women's title. It was a very odd decision. And and while I, I just here's another thing. I the match didn't blow me away. And I think it was okay. It was I fine. Had no problems yeah. with it. There was there was a few things. I mean, we can we can nitpick five star matches if we needed to, but I just don't know what you're doing. And I love Deanna Parazzo. This is not on her. But why is Mercedes Martinez in your main event for the Ring of Honor? What look now? If we've had a plan a month ago, hey, I'm buying Ring of Honor, and this is what we're doing. That's maybe one thing, and I maybe would buy this. But I just don't understand what we're doing here. I, I don't understand the direction we're either. going in when either. when this is your main event on your television show. And and look, Deanna Perrazzo is in my top five. Uh, I, I just don't think this was thought out very well for, for AEW. This week in wrestling with Chad Cooper. Every week here on That's What G Said podcast, we'll always talk about everything happening in WWE with Raw. With SmackDown, with NXT, and then over on AEW. 
Koopa Loop, it's the Derby this weekend. Have you had a, a chance to to take a look? Do you have a, a any horse that you're leaning to in the in the Derby to put a few bucks on, or anything that you're looking to play? Man, I'm glad you asked. Uh, this is, even the the non horse players, the average horse players, if you haven't played in a year, the last time you played was the first Saturday in May, right? It, it's just a fantastic time to be. How many texts do you get some from from people that are like, "Coop, who do you like to bet? Who should oh, I dude, bet?" Yeah, right? I still you do. get a few from people do. that. You're like, I haven't heard from you in a, Wait a minute. literally a year. What the hell, man? Yeah. When was the Breeders' Cup? I did hear from this person, the Breeders' yep. Cup. You know, I, I looked at several horses. Look, I know F, uh, I know the favorite is the favorite, but we always try to beat the favorite. I looked at the one horse, uh, uh, Mo Donegal, uh, New York cir- Circuit, though. I, I do like this horse maybe closing in the back end. I looked at the five, smile happy, nothing wrong here. Not a big fan of Corey Lannery as jockey. The six horse, nothing wrong here. I just think the racing gods are not going to let a Bob Baffert trainee go to another barn and win. Uh, uh, The Japanese horse, the the crown pride, uh, I think he can back end it, charge it, has no experience, maybe can back into it. So I looked at a lot of these different horses that probably could back end it. But I landed on the 15, White Abario, um, a closer, or it's got some closing, uh, you know, in, in his past. My only concern is here um, is he doesn't get in a racing front-end speed duel with all these other horses. Because I think you're going to have seven or eight horses that just go to the top, as mm-hmm. we always do, and try to, try to wire. If, if, if this horse can rate some off the pace. Yeah, I think, I think he can. he's going to I think he's going to have some juice left. And I look, I know gray horses don't do well in the Kentucky Derby, but I won uh, some decent change on Giacomo, who was a gray horse. So I I'm, I'm going to put uh, a lot of win money on the 15 White Barrio. Like that White Barrio, he's kind of coming in a little under the radar from Gulfstream sure. too. He's done little wrong, man. He's checked sure. a lot of the boxes, should be forwardly placed and in that first Maybe just out of trouble But can actually finish and can pass horses too He's just not one of those sure. one dimensional speed types Coop Loop on record With White Abario Coop my man thank you so much for helping us out Each and every week so we'll have a Wrestlemania backlash To uh, recap next week And we'll dive back into everything going on In uh, NXT AEW Let's, hopefully we can get some uh, some fun Nikita Lyons stuff on uh, social media this weekend. That'd Man, and I tell you what, I, I don't know where because I, I have ninety irons in the fire as do you. I, I don't know how you have time to live because you are doing lives uh, on everything, uh, entertainment, <laughs> sports. There's a Masters preview. We're previewing uh, the. The new superhero movie that's coming out this weekend, uh, Netflix streaming, in all things horse racing, by the way, which is, you know, the top of your pedigree. So all things horse racing, especially Kentucky Derby, if you don't watch horse racing at all, just download the entries, just copy and paste the entries, 1 through 20, and just listen to anything that Gino says. No one is going to give you more in-depth stuff on Kentucky Derby because I listen to all that stuff from you guys. Awesome, man. Stuff. Thank so you so much, man. Coop. I yeah. really appreciate it. And uh, we had a lot of really good guests that have uh, helped out. And, yeah, we had a different guest help us with every one of the 14 graded stakes races between Friday and Saturday. So, And that's the you- best thing to do, man. It's not, it, it's not just have one person do all of it. You yep. know, and just – 
it, it's the same we do with professional wrestling when we do the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. It, it's good to hear other people not agree on everything and why mm-hmm. they like this horse and why they don't. It's been fantastic. And you learn a lot, too. You learn a lot. It, you learn a lot from different people how they handicap Absolutely. different things that you want to. Oh, I like I like what that was. I'm going to I'm going to use that in my handicapping moving forward. Yep. Koopa Loop, my man, let's crush it this weekend. And I look forward to talking to you again next week, buddy. Thank you so much. You got it, Gino. Make sure to give Chad a follow at the Chad Cooper on Instagram and on Twitter. You know, you'll be finding Chad Cooper here each and every week on That's What G Said. Well, hopefully you've had enough of me uh, over the last couple days as uh, we finish up this episode with Chad Cooper. A big thanks to Coop. Big thanks to Eric for helping us out. Hopefully everybody has a fantastic Kentucky Oaks and Derby weekend. Good luck to all of you and your wagers. Don't forget about Louisiana Downs opening up. We'll also be playing Friday and Saturday over at Santa Anita. And tune in, uh, throw Louisiana Downs on on, uh, your video on the broadcast in the background. You'll probably see me pop up in there throughout the weekend. Hope everyone has a nice one. Joey buddy, take it away. Yeah.